Welcome to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Whole new slate of topics coming at you guys this week. Starting off, all-star voting is completely done. The reserves and the pitchers have also been announced. Me and Travis give our full reaction to who made the cut, who got snubbed, give our take on all that kind of stuff. And now that we're at the halfway point of the season, Travis and I give our updated first half all MLB team, our first half award picks, and then we get into our first half MLB power rankings, ranking the best teams in baseball, top 10 right now. First half of the season is finally over with, and we are ready to get into all of this juicy midseason action. Let's get right into it. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I'm joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Episode 67 coming at you guys, me and Travis on July 12th, after a bit of a hiatus, folks. Couple uh, weeks, yeah. Couple weeks off, unplanned. I was uh, traveling, and so I knew we'd probably miss one episode maybe, but then I unfortunately uh, fell down with COVID, out for about a week or so, so uh, missed a couple episodes uh, unplanned, unfortunately. But Travis, I think we're coming back at just the perfect time for all-star season. Exactly. We have a lot to talk about with all-star stuff, mid-season conversations in terms of who would our mid-season MVPs be, our all-MLB team for a mid-season. That's going to be some of the main topics for coming up this week. Also, at the end, a bit of an Otani discussion because... There's been lots of talk about the Angels and how they've been really slumping. And what do you do about the fact that you got these superstars on your team and aren't getting the results? How do you go forward? So we'll talk about that a bit too. 100%. And so much news, Alex. So much, you know, so many, so much highlights to go over for the first half. I know you haven't even tested negative yet. We just had to get this episode in. That is, um, that is just, 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 just to clear <laughs> my name, that is untrue. But at the same time, Travis. We have been dying to get back in the studio, obviously, and the time is now. We are ready to roll. Definitely. definitely. So we can start off the whole busy slate of our to-do list with the all-star stuff. I know you have the list of the uh, – so since our last time we covered the all-star, at the, I think that was even before the finalists were announced. Yep. So then yep. they announced the finalists, so they picked two guys at every position, and the voting went between those, and then – all the people who won those little runoffs got the starting spots and then the bench reserves as well as the starting pitching and relief pitching was all decided by both coach and media and player voting. Mm -hmm. So I heard some uh, interesting thing about that. But first, let's just get into the meat of it. Travis, we're not going to go position by position. We're just going to kind of talk about some of the bigger snubs that we kind of think of as guys who... Uh, essentially would make our all-star team but did not make the all-star team and a little disclaimer before we get into it is also that there are going to be guys coming in to fill for players who either like a pitcher who just pitched the day before the all-star game mm -hmm. they're not going to make him pitch again so they're going to fill that spot with somebody else so there will be pitchers and then as well as injured players um, are going to get replaced by 
new names. So we may cover a guy who got snubbed, but they actually end up getting in. That will be, that'll be a phenomenon. But but just in terms of who got voted in, Travis, mm-hmm. some definite definite head scratchers. Um, I'll just kick it off with I think the fact that Ty France wasn't even a finalist. Or sorry, he wasn't. He's not even an all star. Mm-hmm. He's not an all star right now, which I think that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think that he's been. Uh, there's an argument to say he's not been the best first baseman. I think he did miss some time to injury, but I think he's been on a rate basis more he's, productive than Guerrero. He's been one of the best utility guys because he doesn't play first. He plays also second base, third base. You can probably put him in the outfit a little bit too. Um, so I definitely would say starting off with him, he of course is one snub to talk about because he can play so many different positions, not only first base. It just, it seems like a crime not to put him in the reserves because he can go anywhere. He almost reminds me kind of a right-handed Max Muncy like, up-and-coming like version of maybe that's the kind of player he could be um but yeah for him to not get the credit i think was something that really was one of the first things that caught my attention Mm -hmm. um travis what's one of the decisions for the starters that uh caught you most off guard i think yeah and and i mean with that question are you asking on uh one guy that just didn't make sense on the starting role yeah, or yeah, okay. just, just anyone that really just you thought made no sense. Yeah, and for me, the biggest one, I think, is Giancarlo Stanton going to be the outfielder for the uh, American League starting, All-Stars yeah. starting. Yeah, I'll kind of run through it first. I'll, I'll, I'll give out the uh, the viewers or listeners the starting uh, lineup or the starting positionals. So catcher, we have Alejandro Kirk from Toronto. First base, we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from Toronto. Second base, Jose Altuve, Astros. Rafael Devers from the Boston Red Sox, Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox, Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees, Mike Trout from the LA Angels, Giancarlo Stanton from the New York Yankees, and then Shohei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels. Tons and tons of great names right there. Biggest name that I think should not be on this list is, of course, like I said, Giancarlo Stanton. Tons and tons of outfielders, Alex. Better war, better first halves, just better overall package that they're going to bring to an outfield position. Names like Kyle Tucker, names like Taylor Ward, Byron Buxton. Um, The list kind of goes on and on, in my opinion, for me. There were tons of names that I thought were more deserving of the outfield spot. Giancarlo Stanton should still definitely be an all-star, definitely a guy who could be a reserve DH, but... I, um, it's just looking at his numbers. I don't even know if he should be considered a lock for that. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves yeah. to be around the picture, but um, like t- just how deep ale outfield is in terms of like, it's Mike Trout and Aaron judge at the top. And there's mm-hmm. this gap. And then there's all these guys, these guys that can kind of fit into that third spot and on the reserve spots. And I just think the fact that you have Stanton in there over, like you said, Buxton and Tucker are these five tool players who've mm-hmm. been really productive. George Springer. Yeah. Springer has been a really good bat this year. Even Julio Rodriguez, Travis, mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. absolutely broken out in a big way the last few weeks. Um his I, his war numbers are already climbing up there to match guys like, you know, I think he might already be past in in yeah. war, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. And I was and I think we were even talking um over the last week or so that we would even prefer Jordan Alvarez to play left field than DH on this team. If you right. if you almost had to make your most perfect AL all-star team, it would look a lot different. I think a lot of us would be putting Jose Ramirez at the second base spot and you know, putting other players in other positions they normally don't play. But I thought that yeah. I, I thought to yeah. myself too, Jordan Alvarez has played a lot of outfield for the Astros because Brantley is a guy who dh's a lot maybe you slide him into the left field spot and that's an outfield of alvarez trout judge i mean holy cow 
And then that allows you to also keep Otani in there instead of Stanton, exactly. which I think a lot of voters would probably prefer that way. Or, you, of course, you can still opt for a guy like Tucker Buxton, like we mentioned. Ward, someone, uh, Travis Taylor Ward. Uh, we're obviously high on him as mm-hmm. an angel. Uh, missed, I think Missed time, and that's going to be the biggest you know fault for him not making this all-star team. Uh, Right, and I still think he's a candidate for if someone ends up opting out mm-hmm. or you know whatever may prevent someone from being on the team. I still think it's pretty criminal for him not to be even a reserve, let alone starter. I mean, his numbers are better than Stanton's, but I think yep. his numbers are also better than the likes of Ben Attendi. They're better uh, OPS plus and war numbers than Buxton. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Very similar numbers uh, to Julio Rodriguez. Um, so these guys that are the reserve outfielders, I think, really have not put themselves ahead of Ward despite playing more games than Ward. Um, ben Attendee is the one that is very obvious, but he has to be in as the Royals need a representative. I would have gone a different way for them, maybe go with one of their uh, good relievers, mm-hmm. um, because I think you know just putting in the guy who there's some buzz around Ben Attendee because he is probably going to be a trade chip. Yep. Um, has had a pretty solid first half, but I don't think his numbers really are mind-blowing impressive. He's somewhere around the ballpark of 120 to 130 OPS plus. Ward's up above 150. Mm-hmm. Yes, the game's played are a bit lower, but Ward has actually played above average defense, above average base running with one of the better bats in the American League uh, up to this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't want to just you know pick and choose just one guy and just harp on him. Why don't you give us the NL stuff and then we can kind of talk about the great... The sn- our snubs on the whole, I guess. Yep, yep. And so the starters on the NL side will be catching at uh, the catching position, Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs, Paul Goldschmidt from St. Louis, Jazz Chisholm from Miami, Manny Machado from San Diego, uh, Trey Turner from the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. from Atlanta, Jock Peterson from the Giants, Mookie Betts from the Dodgers, and then Bryce Harper from the Phillies. Of course, Bryce Harper will not be playing in this all-star game. He'll most likely be uh, flip-flopped or, you know, switched with William Contreras, Wilson Contreras' brother. So kind of a cool side note there. Two brothers starting in the all-star game on the same team. Yes. Um, Definitely does not feel like a, I wouldn't say like a a star-studded DH because I think before this year, most people did not know who William Contreras was even was, but um, he's rightly deserving having a good year. But I think there are some guys that I would rather see probably at the DH spot than William Contreras. There's a lot of guys on the bench right now for the NLs. A lot of stars on the bench, I would say, Alex, Juan Soto, Kyle Schwarber, Dansby Swanson, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonzo. Um, just a couple names just to, to yeah, mention th- that, uh, you know, could be on that DH spot right now. Right. If you just slide a position player who is kind of a DH type, like a Juan Soto, a Pete Alonso, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, it would make the uh, the batting order, the, the, the starting roster look so much, I guess, tougher. But, you know, the numbers do like William Contreras and what he's done in the first half. And, you know, he was the rightful vote getter yep. uh, behind Harper, who is opting out. Um, so... You know, because of that, it's just the way it goes. Uh, some other snubs in the NL. Uh, I well, think the biggest one that was uh, that actually was just fixed a couple hours ago, but I'll let you cover on that one. Yeah, so we didn't rattle off all the pitching, but Carlos Rodon was omitted by, and and so the pitchers are all selected, like I said, from like it's uh, based on player vote, and then like the media like fills in the like, media coaching like fills in the gaps or something. Um, but Rodon's numbers, Travis, are really too good to be uh, left out, and he's not only been 
like the ace of the Giants, but um, we're talking about over three uh, baseball reference war, a 2.7 ERA, 100 innings pitched on the dot with 124 strikeouts. There's just a lot, I think, to like about him as someone who is you know, deserving of Cy Young votes if the Cy Young conversation was today. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, the fact that you're not even an all-star, um, it w- was kind of head-scratching. And I will say that, you know, pitching in the NL is pretty deep. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, you know, this this guy and that guy don't deserve it because there's so much talent. But I definitely 100% will tell you that Rodon is, <laughs> he has more than earned an all-star nod. Easily. Um, Without question. Easily, easily. And I'm glad that that kind of got fixed uh, earlier today. A couple other guys that got, uh, you know, their nods in there as well. I think Garrett Cooper from the Miami Marlins got into the All-Star game. And then also J.D. Um, Martinez JD Martinez filled the slot for Jordan Alvarez. So a lot of names that are going to be dropping and a lot of guys that will be filling in. I feel like, honestly, year after year, the All-Star game kind of loses its credibility and kind of loses its value in a way because – Pitchers are going to pitch on Saturday or Sunday before the All-Star game. Then they're not going to be able to pitch on the actual All-Star game day. So then, of course, you got to fulfill them with other starting pitchers who are, you know, rightfully deserving. But some guys, of course, will take the nod for some aces that go on, you know, Saturday or Sunday before the All-Star game. And then you're kind of wondering, man, I really wanted to see the best players, the best pitchers go for the All-Star game. That, of course, does not happen. But it's just kind of the way it is when you have a uh, when you have, you know, a, a game like this middle of the season. Some players just decide they don't want to even try because they're more, you know, focused on the actual uh, season for their team or their city that they're playing for. Um, Or guys, of course, are injured and just can't, you know, risk, you know, trying to go out there and play, you know, three innings in front of, you know, basically the world to see them. But uh, it's kind of an interesting way to kind of look at things because I feel like every year there, of course, can be guys that are just obvious snubs that should have been deserving or guys just don't want to play or guys, of course, are hurt. And guys, of course, are pitching on uh, a couple of days beforehand. You just don't get to see that kind of talent out there. If it was something that maybe it would happen in, you know, I'm trying to think with baseball, is such a weird sport because you can't put it off after the World Series or before the World Series because, you know, it, it yeah. just wouldn't make any sense right there. But um, it, it's definitely a, uh, a very interesting event when you look at other, you know, all-star games like NBA or like NFL. Um, I it's feel always like- the best absolute best players out there you can see the best talent out there no problem baseball is so different because you basically have um two different positions you have positionals and you have pitching uh players that you know completely different animals in the sport so uh but still of course can be a really fun all-star game just happy to see um you know some of the al players in there happy to see otani and trout and judge all those guys that are having monstrous years um go up against some of the best pitchers in the nl uh so that's of course gonna be really exciting, but you know, nothing, I feel like it's not really too much of a, of a punishment for guys or, or, you know, it's not a knockoff on their brand or just the way they play. If they're not in the all-star game, I feel like a lot of guys have not been all-stars going back to last year, Alex, Bryce Harper, not an all-star second half, unbelievable MVP winner. He does not care about an all-star, uh, not, he won the MVP. He's more focused on that award. There are a couple of guys probably that aren't, you know, highlighted that much in the all-star game. But they're more focused on the second half and, you know, winning awards like that. Yeah. Um, and it's a good thing that you I bring up the idea of people who put together really amazing seasons and don't make the all-star team. A couple more last, just last few names I'm going to throw out there. These are all pitchers um, that did not make the all-star game. But I can honestly see them winning the Cy Young for their league yep. if they have 
even just like, you know, a second half as good as their first half if they kind of keep up their momentum. Uh, these kind of names for the NL, I'm talking about guys like Zach Wheeler, uh, Aaron Nola, and then, of course, I already mentioned Rodon. Mm-hmm. These are all guys who were not uh, selected for the All-Star game initially, but their numbers in the season are really, really good, especially Wheeler to not make it, I think, is pretty yeah. surprising for me. And then for the American League, um, Kevin Gosman and mm-hmm. Dylan Cease are, I think, I mean, we'll talk about later on who our rotation is, our top five pitchers, uh, you know, and like our MVP picks mm-hmm. for the first half of the season. But I think these guys deserve to be in that conversation, and they're not even all stars. So it's pretty interesting. Um, pretty crazy too. Cause some you, of the snubs. You said those names, and you know, even guy like Garrett Cole, probably having one of his worst starts to his seasons in the last couple of years, but he got an All Star nod. But guys like Kevin Gosman and guys like you know Dylan Cease, like you just mentioned don't even get mentioned so it, it is kind of a it, it is a disappointing look on 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 some of that even guys like paul blackburn martin perez having career years alex but there are guys that we have definitely agreed on that are having way better seasons but yeah it's almost like there's this rule that also you need to provide an all-star for every all 30 major league teams right. which so the guys like blackburn and perez exactly up taking spots from a guy like cease i know also um you mentioned Cole, but also Nestor Cortez. I think I saw a stat or a, a lineup of stats comparing Cease and Nestor. Mm-hmm. And every single stat that they showed, it went from like innings pitched all through like, you know, ERA, FIP, um, strikeouts per nine, all this kind of stuff, war. Cease led in every single category over Nestor. And wow. it's just kind of crazy wow. that, you know, N- Nestor had this big narrative for him and, and, He's a great story, and it was great that he had a really good first half. And the Yankees are also the talk of the town, talk of the league. So yep. it makes sense that things might go his way in terms of the selections. But um, just definitely some injustice going on in regards to some of the guys who uh, won't be there. I think I saw in an in a interview, Carlos Rodon, they asked him about him getting snubbed. And he said something to the effect of, I've been to the All-Star game. He went last year, mm-hmm. and he said, like, I'm not as mad about myself as I am for someone else who could have had their first time and is not going to get it. Like mm. his former t- teammate, Dylan Cease, he wow. didn't mention Cease. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that he's shouting out guys who uh, could have had their first all-star berth and it might not happen. Of course, I think the guys like I mentioned, Cease and um, who was it, Gosman? Like Gosman, if, yeah. if, they're, if they're healthy and ready to go while another pitcher like starts on like the Saturday before, those guys might get to call up. So we'll see how it goes. But um there's just, I mean, it is hard to pick, you know, a list because you yep. have to factor in getting all 30 teams in there. But um, we have our complaints. Let's put it that way. Yep, yep, yep. And that's something, too, that I will say I I, I like and I also dislike. Um, I, I don't think that it, we I, I feel like, you know, you want to be deserving for all 30 teams. But also, I feel like if some teams have, you know, four guys who are rightfully deserving, give it to those four guys and tell one of the teams, hey, you just don't have anyone that's on an all-star level talent. You know, I think that also you need to look at that as a way of, uh, of grading some of these teams. Cause I mean, there are, there are teams that are, you know, doing so poorly this year that, you know, truthfully, I don't think they really have an all-star, you know, I think Paul Blackburn could have been replaced by tons of different guys for AL starter starting pitchers. So. Yeah. And, and, and like Ben attendee is having a nice year, but there are just other outfielders uh, exactly. who could deserve the nod. Exactly. Um, exactly. The, the, the moral of the story, Travis is they should abolish fan vote and just let the two, <laughs> the, let the two tools podcast decide the all-stars for the next year. I think that's a good way to go about this. But. I'm in, I'm in, it's, it's almost the same and it's going to rip my heart out when they bring out the all MLB voting come, you know, oh, October, yeah. November. And when we get those all MLB votes, cause 
you know, we've discussed that, Alex. To me, and you, you and me know that that's a pretty big deal. If you don't win the MVP and you don't win the Cy Young or you don't win a Gold Glove or Silver Slugger, well, yeah. you know, all MLB is a big deal in we, my opinion. Because we that, would like it to be a big deal and they're making it not a big deal. Exactly. They're making it like a joke. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because that's something that honestly I think in the next 15, 20 years you really could look at as, okay, it's Hall of Fame time. This guy was an all MLB first team, you know, third baseman for eight years. You know, more than more than half of his career he was the best third baseman in the league. I think that's got to be a pretty big deal. Um, All-star games, I feel like that used to be really looked on as a uh, as a voter looked for Hall of Fame votes, but I think that's probably dying a little bit more and more now. Because I mean, they, like just, just for this year as an example, it's like there's so many guys who get left off that, and then there's so many guys get thrown in that it's like, yep. okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some guys are getting their, their time to, you know, enjoy the All-star festivities, yep. but... Yep. Um, Let's make let, let, let's make an all star list, and this is like th these are the these are the true winners, and then you and can you have put an them on a plaque. Yeah, exactly, sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them give them a plaque that says you are the best position for the first half at your you know at your position in your league. But you know when it comes to the game, then we can have a little fun, then we can add. You can replace guys and do what you have to. Then do. you can have Ben Attendee running out there with uh, with Trout and you know Judge that kind of thing. Sure, but, yeah, I, I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. We're probably good to keep moving on, Travis. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing we're gonna cover. Uh, in the pod is going to be your and my we have our made our own first half all MLB teams as well as award selections mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. there is uh, a lot of disagreements I can already anticipate because um, <laughs> yes I think that there's some positions that are really tough so they really are I'm excited to get into it let's just start us let's just start us off at catcher right mm-hmm mm -hmm. who's going first <laughs> who's I'll, the, who's I'll, the, I'll let you start it off okay sounds good Catcher, I think there's a couple options that made somewhat sense. I am rocking with my guy, Alejandro Kirk. I think that he personally deserves the spot. Um, there are at least at least one other guy who I think makes a lot of sense as mm -hmm. well. Tell me who you got, and then we can discuss. Actually, let's do it that way. Alejandro Kirk for me, Alex. Okay. Good. Um, I, I I think this is honestly kind of it, it's a good time to do this because you basically can look at the nl all-star starting catcher and the al all-star starting catcher and say i agree with both of those those are two very good picks now i just got to pick one so i will say alejandro kirk is my best catcher in all mlb right now i think uh wilson Contreras is a guy that would be looking at as second place right now for uh for that position but there are a couple good uh catchers in the al that could be you know knock on the door for a second place but kirk is my starting catcher i i agree yeah i think the main comparison is Kirk and Contreras. Kirk does lead him in WRC+. Plus. Uh, the OPS numbers are just a very small bit better. And uh, the Fangraphs war is actually tied. So it yep. really comes down to preference. And mm -hmm. the bat of Kirk is nice. And the defense is actually better. And helping Fangraphs, a team so. a lot more. Um, the, and the winning team is just like that bit of like a... Yep. Tiebreaker. I, I don't even know. Yeah, tiebreaker. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I will say that Toronto Blue Jays. We can talk about this later <laughs> on. They are not really the team that people thought they were going to be going into this season. But one in nine in the last ten. Yeah. But still, Kirk um, has earned the spot himself. Uh, no questions asked. So probably good to keep rolling a first base. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we we can do right side of the infield for the uh, sounds for good all first half. Um, I'll let it rip. Okay. First baseman. That's pretty obviously. I went with Paul Goldschmidt. Second base, I went with Jose Altuve. Who do you got? So far, we are looking the same. We're locked Alex. in. Okay. Goldschmidt, Altuve. I was definitely doing a lot of research for uh, second base, um, you know, looking at 
Jazz looking at some of the other guys that are on the list. But Altuve, I think his war is over four right now. Um, I think his OPS, Alex, is over 900. So, I mean, doing these levels again like he was in the uh, in, in his MVP stage seasons, um, really impressive for Jose Altuve. I think he's got a pretty good lock on second base. First base, Alex, I think that's one of the most biggest locks right now. Paul Goldschmidt is on another level. I think he's on pace, like we mentioned, almost a 10 war on pace right now for 162 games this season, which would just be a cherry on top to a MVP kind of season for Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, on Paul Goldschmidt, we completely agree. If you just care about production in the first half, there's just no argument for first base. Uh, for second base, Travis, you covered it well. That There's like a handful of guys you also could look at. I personally really struggled with second base mm -hmm. only because... So many guys can play multiple positions and yep. they play a good amount of second base. Like Cronenworth kind of plays around the infield, yep. but he can play mostly second base. Edmund, second base, uh, primary up until switch to shortstop almost full time, but still has that utility component to his game. Uh, he has really, he's really high in the Fangraphs World Leaderboard for second baseman if you count him as a second baseman. McNeil, Travis, second base and some third and also quite Correct. a bit of outfield. Yep. But McNeil's numbers offensively are really good this year. And then Luis Arise mm -hmm. uh, has been a primary first baseman, but also plays a good amount of second base um, on occasion. So it's just kind of like, where do we draw the line, right? Like, yeah. And then like a guy like Gavin Lux is like playing outfield sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like These guys are all over the place, but Altuve really is the true second baseman of the pack. Also has probably the best bat of anyone at second base right now. So Definitely. it makes the decision kind of easy but there are so many guys in the running if you care about utility players that that rock second base so. it was tough and you know a guy like tommy edmund um it, it, it may hurt him at the end of the year when you do like these all mlb selections because if you play half the season at second and half at short he won't know, win either he won't win either and so it yeah. it, it kind of sucks in, in a in a fashion of that that you know altuve is having a great year but i do think if edmund was primarily the second baseman this year i would I would probably have him at second base right now, Alex, just from what he's been doing all around the game, base running, defense, hitting. It's been it's been fantastic so far this season. Yeah, Edmund, he leads second baseman in Fangrass war, but you know, it's kind of tricky because he's getting like some bonus points for playing shortstop yep. defense and it, it gets kind of kind of murky. But yep. uh, his bats cooled off a bit, but the defense is still great. And like 19 stolen bases yep. is really good at lead second baseman if you count him as a second baseman. But Travis, moving on to the left side here. Mm -hmm. um, Tough one. I'm anticipating <laughs> we have our first disagreement, but I guess we're about to, we're about to find out and see. Yep. Yep. You go first this time. Yeah. So shortstop, I've actually just been juggling so much this season. Um it's there's been some big names that have not been playing of course shortstop this year i feel like you know of years past you look at tatis you look at correa you look at um guys even like lindor but you know it, this right now this season i will say looking at the numbers the first half all mlb shortstop it has to be dansby swanson um the numbers just speak for themselves even though i'm a fan of a couple other guys i think dansby has put himself at a level uh almost carrying that uh, Atlanta Braves offense. I know they have so many different role players that do a great job. Ozuna, Ozuna Acuna, um, Olsen, so many guys that do a great job. But I think Dansby is the best shortstop right now so far in the first half. So he's my shortstop. Third baseman, Alex. It's so tough because you have, you have four great players. And the one guy that I will pick, 
plays for the Red Sox. Rafael Devers has probably one of the best bats this season so far. Baseball Reference War really likes him as well. There is a guy that actually is higher on Baseball Reference War than Devers right now. So it was a tough pick not to go with him. But Devers has to be my guy. I think just the way he's propelled that Red Sox offense and just that Red Sox team. Um, and like the way he's been swinging the bat unstoppable so far this season. So Devers is my third baseman. I can definitely see three other guys at the third baseman spot, but those are my left side infielders right now. Alex, who do you got? Yeah, so I'm actually surprised that we do agree on shortstop. I wow. did not think you'd go with Dansby, but I also went with Dansby. Uh, I think that the offense from him has been as good as any other shortstop pretty much. We're talking about 14 home runs, which is not leading shortstops, but it's up mm -hmm. there with some of the best. That ties up Bichette, and it's behind only Lindor and Seager, I believe. Um, yeah, the WRC plus is really good on Swanson. That's one of the best of any shortstop. Um, the defense is good too. He's kind of a, a, a nice mix of he's, he's kind of five I'll put it that way, mm -hmm. 14 steals, 14 homers. And in terms of the defense and offensive ratings on fan graphs, like he's, uh, there's no one who's better at him than at both. So, um, a lot to like with Dansby. There are so many names that could end up surpassing him by season's end, like yep. Xander Bogarts. Um, if Edmund kind of picks the bat back up, if Trey Turner has a hot half, even I think Lindor and Seager, you can't count them out of the race if Not they get all. really hot. So Corey Seager, uh, AL player of the week this past week. So he's, you know, he's finishing the first half hotter than ever. Yeah. And then just some of the other names that are kind of in the mix. Um, you can't count those guys out. Um, of course, Tatis at some point will return as well. So, you know, uh, it feels like um, a surprise. I'll just say, I don't think either of us saw Dansby Swanson uh, as the shortstop of the MLB at the halfway point of the season, but I have absolutely no pause about it. I, I'm very, I feel very confident in that pick that he is the shortstop um, of the first half. Mm -hmm. Third base, Travis, our first disagreement. Yep. I think you assume you know who I'm going to pick, but I'll probably surprise you. I'm going Manny Machado. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been riding the Jose Ramirez hype train all first half, and I think Jose Ramirez deserves all the credit in the world. It's How, tough. Yeah. However, there really are four legendary players in my mind yep. playing third base right now. Um, I think that Devers is bat. And it's funny that we didn't, we didn't even mention baseball reference war. We didn't even mention the, the, the leader at third base right now, and that's Nolan Arenado. So yeah, it's, which is it, kind of crazy, you know. It's it's very it's very uh, interesting, and yeah, and it, on on Fangraphs War, it's the, the top four is Machado, Arenado, Devers, Ramirez in that order. So it's just crazy, and and, and they're all in a pack between like four point one and four point six WAR, <laughs> yeah. And then it just drops down to three point two for yeah. Austin Riley. So there's there's a gap between those four and then the rest. Um, but yeah, I guess going into our picks, I think Devers has been the best bat of the first half. Mm -hmm. I think that Jose Ramirez, what he does on the base paths mm -hmm. is Agreed. really, really special. Agree. But surprisingly, Manny Machado, the base running is actually pretty good. He has seven steals. The base running rating is better than everyone except for uh, Jose Ramirez. And uh, I think his defense... Um, I'm not sure who's better. Uh, I think almost everyone would say Arenado, but I'll just, for the sake of argument, I'll just say Arenado is 1A and Machado is 1B. Mm -hmm. And then Devers is uh, is F, like he's yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. G or something. Yeah, he's down yeah. He's down on the tier list quite a bit. Um, so I think the reason why I went Machado over Devers, um, 
was mainly for the other aspects of the game outside hitting. I think the hitting favors Devers, but it's close enough. It's so close. Where I can make up for it with the glove and the base running. Jose Ramirez, I think, is someone who by season's end could certainly end up being the uh, have the best numbers. Yep. But I think right now, looking at the offensive uh, production, I just I just felt like Machado. It, no, he's right there. I think he has the best OPS plus right now, even in the bigs. So it's tough because just looking at the numbers, Devers leads in WRC plus yep. um, by quite a bit. Um, and then X Woba is a stat that's used to kind of say like how good are they hitting the ball? And Devers leads in that by quite a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I guess, make my prediction that Devers, I think, is going to maintain being the best hitter of these four players mm -hmm. um, by season's end. But in terms of overall value with the defense and the base running as well, I, I would lean Machado or Ramirez. But Travis, I think really when it comes down to it between these four, it's about your preference because... Yeah. They all have a case, really. Machado, or, uh, Machado, I think, is like the elite glove, elite bat guy. Yep, yep. Arenado is the... Uh, Brooks Robinson glove. I mean, he's The got, best glove with yep. really good pop still. 17 homers for him. Yeah. Uh, Devers is the best hitter, and Ramirez feels like the five-tool guy, the switch hitter. Yep. Um, he's on the sneaky good team. If, if, if somehow Cleveland ends up in the playoffs, it'll help his stock that much more. <laughs> Definitely. Because no one really predicted that coming. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think that Devers, uh, the numbers might come back down to earth a bit. Machado possibly as well, based on their, their batting average on balls in play. They're both really high, but Travis, it, it's probably one of the most fun, um, I guess, comparisons to make. And it is. We, we constantly talk about how third base is just so heavy at the top. It's just a top it heavy, is. uh, so much talent, um, at the position. So it is. And, and, and what's crazy is that we could be talking about, you know, all those names and a guy like even, you know, Arenado, he's on pace for a nine war, Alex. And it's like a baseball reference, of course. But I mean, it's just crazy to see a guy like that. And we we might be looking at him at as a number three or four out of the top four, but he could have the most war just because he brings the glove. He still he has could great get, pop. He could get top three or four in MVP votes if yeah. the Cardinals stand there kind of yeah, pacing. Exactly. And and still, you know, hit over 35 home runs, have a hundred runs driven in. You know, it, it's so crazy how deep this third base position is right now. I think we can all agree Devers is the best bat. But when you look at, of course, the glove, Devers probably is the worst glove out of the, out of all of them. I think I would easily agree he's the worst glove out of all of them and then yep. of course base running and all that i think jose ramirez is a guy that would be better than at all of them uh you know he, he's he's 1a when you look at that positioning so it's tough when you look at what exactly do you like to see do you like to see just heavy offense do you like to see heavy all-around uh defense do you of course just like to have the overall best third baseman guy that can do it all out there it, it's it's a tough question right now um i guess for me i just can't ignore devers bat in the first half, it's just been um, spectacular. I, I, I've, I've not seen this kind of Devers at all in his career so far. Yeah, it's it's um, he's really panning out. He's kind of projecting to be uh, the elite hitter at the position for the next you know decade. Mm -hmm. um, he's really kind of coming into his own in that regards. But Travis, going on to outfield now, mm -hmm. um, I'll start us off. Uh, Two obvious names, right? Right. Yep. I think that Trout and Judge are obvious picks. The third one, I think, can go a handful of ways. I had a tough one, this one, yeah. But I I personally decided saying we're talking about first half and 
I just kind of care about how valuable you are and I'm going to kind of push to the side the other factors of like games played and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I went with Mookie Betts. Um, Interesting, okay. Only 68 games played compared to some other guys up at high 70s or in the 80s for games played. Um, kind of surprised actually looking at the games played leaderboard. Julio has 86. He's just been an everyday guy for them. But yeah, um, yeah. But back on Betts, uh, talking about a... I'm just gonna skip Trout and Judge for now because yep. they seem pretty Go self-explanatory. Yep. Um, but Betts has the 150 WRC plus. He is uh, top three in Fangraphs WAR for outfielders. If you're gonna ignore Alvarez, which I'm gonna because mm-hmm. I have him in a different spot, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Betts I think overall has had a really good first half. Um, a, a bit of an injury kind of slowed him his numbers down a little bit, but um, I have no problem including him anyways. He has 20 home runs. Uh, six stolen bases. I think there's just plenty to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average is a bit down, but it's down across the league. So I'm not too worried about it. The power's there. The walks uh, are very solid. So And the glove is, is he's Mookie Betts for crying out loud. Yes. We know the glove yep. and the arm. Yep. So I'm, Five I, tool right there. I, I'm, I'm rocking with Betts in my yep. third spot. Who do you got in your outfield? And tell me again how many games he's played so far. Uh, I have here 68 games. 68. Okay. I actually went with a guy that had less games, Alex. Um, I went with, and he's been playing DH too, which kind of makes it tough, but... I went Bryce Harper. Um, okay. Before the injury, Alex, I mean, we saw him in that one series against the Angels, and I mean, I just feel like you couldn't get him out. I feel like every single ball he hit was hard, and every single ball he hit was 10 rows back he, in he, the stands. He's so hard to pitch to because he's just so good about just spinning on balls, and then when uh, when he throw a strike, you feel like he's going to punish. So Exactly. And so 64 games, so four games less than Mookie um, and a little bit less war. But that's, of course, understandable. Mookie plays a lot better defense than Bryce Harper. But just looking at the offensive numbers, a 318 batting average, that's definitely probably top, you know, top 10 percent in the league, definitely. And then, of course, on base of a 385, a slugging Alex of a 599, almost 600 slugging almost has a 1000 OPS through 64 games. Definitely has one of the top OPS pluses in the league so far, but of course games played is down. There are guys that have played 20 or so more games than him right now, but I just thought Bryce Harper was some guy I cannot ignore. Um really wish I could see him playing the full season, you know, somewhere in the 80s right now, probably be somewhere in the 20s for home run. Um, you know, slugging percentage batting average all those stats could be even better right now we just don't know the Phillies have been on a tear since they fired Girardi it's been kind of a spark that they've needed and most of the team has gotten it going but I mean for me Bryce Harper is picking up right where he left off from last season Um, it's going to be tough I don't know if he'll be back by you know late August or so I I don't know the timetable exactly but um, he is definitely one bat that they will miss and I, I'm pretty confident I probably won't have him, of course, after the season on my all MLB team. But just wanted to give him props right now for what he's done so sure. far in the first half. Um, hitting's been unreal. Sure. I, I have no, no problem with that pick. Um, he really was not on my radar because I guess I thought of him as a DH since he's the NL exactly. DH yep. go-getter. Yep. But, yeah, he is an outfielder before the injury without question. So uh, I like the pick. I'm just going to make a quick bold prediction mm-hmm. before we move on here, Travis. I think that when the season is over, our two outfielder spots are going to still be with Trout and Judge as the 1A, 1B, assuming mm-hmm. they stay healthy. I think the numbers are just too good yep. for anyone really to contest. After that, it's open. 
I'm just going to say that it's going to be Kyle Tucker. I think if Kyle <laughs> Tucker's healthy, it's going to be him. I know I, 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 I know I talk about him a lot. I'm mm-hmm. really high on him, but yep. his numbers are just too good. He hits the ball so crazy hard. He's playing elite defense. Yep. Um, I, I'm just too hyped up on on what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete A complete player, 14 stolen bases. That's That just kind of puts most outfielders just uh, to bed. It, mm-hmm. He's up there. That, that's like a, a Cedric Mullins number. He was at 16. Mm-hmm. Only Julio really has way more than Tucker. And Julio, Julio himself, Travis, if he has a, a breakout that continues even, I guess, stronger, he could also be in the mix at the end of the season. But definitely. I'm just gonna go ahead and put my my uh my investment in Kyle Tucker. I have I have um property on, on Kyle Tucker Island. So I, I think, yeah, you're right. Trout Judge is a pretty confident lock right now for the two of the three. Um and the last spot, Alex Tucker bets. Julio Rodriguez, Acuna could get hot. Soto could get hot. There's so many guys. Absolutely, that Soto could get hot. The, yeah, the league can at least have for that final outfield spot. So it, it's going to be fun to see exactly where that last spot goes. But at least you know, knowing for sure, Trout and Judge so far are the clear locks for the outfield. I think really they were the the highest vote getters for the AL in terms of outfield. I think also in terms of just like the all the all the whole roster. So. I mean, it's pretty safe to say those guys are doing so well. Trout's having a down year. Everyone keeps on bagging on him. He's having a down year, Alex, but he's still top five in almost every single offensive stat. His OPS is better than uh, Aaron Judge. Than Aaron and Judge. Aaron Judge is the MVP by everyone Which, else's, again, it just shows you Mike Trout standards. and how good he is that he's having a down year, but it's just so much better than even the guy who's probably leading the MVP right now in Aaron Judge. But that wraps up our outfield, Alex. Um, moving on to DH, it'll probably be the quickest one. Yep. It's Jordan Alvarez. Absolutely. Um, we love Shohei Otani. He's amazing. He's having kind of a down year with the DH spot, at least for hitting. Jordan Alvarez has put himself on a complete another level. I would definitely say after, after if, if things continue, I know he's in the aisle right now, but if things continue right now, you have to look at him as possibly being the one of the best um, just offensive production hitters in the game so far every season there's always a debate is it soto is it trout is it judge you know who is it but jordan alvarez right now ever since his rookie year in 2019 alex he is just a completely different animal um anything to add on the dh spot yeah i think a couple weeks ago maybe about a month ago um jordan was like a player of the week or something or or maybe a player of the month i can't remember and we i think we said i said that um he has thrown his hat in the ring as the best hitter on the planet mm-hmm. not saying that he already is that but he has made his case he's making his case this season his uh just his average on base slugging slash line is absolutely crazy 306 average 405 on base a 653 slugging that's just miles ahead of everybody outside of yep. bryce harper besides bryce harper who has missed time everybody else who has uh dh i guess qualifications yep. he is like <laughs> his his slugging is like a hundred points higher than everybody. It just it's just absolutely crazy. And OPS is I mean it, it's just miles ahead. It's miles, yeah. Yeah. Um and so because of that, Travis, he is the easy DH slam dunk pick. He is gonna get MVP consideration if he keeps it up as mm-hmm. a DH. Not saying he'll win it, but he will get uh very high in voting. And as a DH, that's always something that's just people ask the question like, can a DH win? And, and you know, he's gonna make his case gonna throw his hat in the ring so it'll be interesting towards the end um the way the Astros are trending um but there's you know his competition you know we'll get into that but his competition too is trending in a very high direction uh for that but getting into the starting pitching Alex five names for the all MLB first half team I'm just um, gonna say right here we will have some disagreements I I think so I feel like I mean 
We'll see. I yeah. feel like starting pitching goes 10 deep. You I mentioned think, a guy earlier that I did not have on my list. So um, we'll see how it goes. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start it off? Or you want me to do? Do you want me to? Uh, you know, let me start it off so okay. I can get it. Take, get, take control. I can get the right list going. So, cool. uh, so <laughs> first guy, actually not in order at all. You know, this is, I think this would be just too hard to just, rank. Just the top five. Top yeah. five for me. Uh, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Tony Gonsolin, and last but not least, Max Freed. Go. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll go. I have on my list. Justin Verlander. No. Yeah. That's right. What? I know you hate the guy, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so my list, Shane McClanahan, Corbin Burns, Carlos Rodon, Sandy Alcantara, Dylan Cease. That's my list. That's my five. Wow. So there are differences. There are similarities. No Ganso Lin. Yeah. So I'm just going to say right now. Um, the ERA leader? We, 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 ha- we had this conversation. We had this conversation. Okay. Did you hear she's bringing up pitcher wins? <laughs> Did you just bring up pitcher wins? I know. I'm sorry, but I mean, to me, 100% winning percentage. I mean, yeah, it's it's because he's the Dodgers have crazy off. Okay, I'll just say this. I'll say this. <laughs> There's a difference in philosophy, right? Yep. At the end of last season, we discussed who we thought should win the Cy Young, and we had some difference of opinion in the American League because it really comes down to what you value. And I think that ERA, especially for something as short as like a couple months, um, is just not that reliable of a stat i can pretty much guarantee you on the underlying stats that i feel like gonson will not be the era leader mm-hmm. come end of the season i agree I um agree. it just comes down to the fact that he has had some really solid starts with a really good offense behind him the era is is it's a great it's a great number um but i just don't put as much stock in era as some other stats he is nowhere to be found in like the top 20 of uh, Fangraphs war leaderboard because they yep. look at FIP instead of ERA. Yeah, um, and I think he's a guy that I don't think he has a lot of innings pitched too. I don't know if he how he's at eighty eight, which okay. is so uh, he's, he's low on the innings mark. There are 20, 20 innings or higher for some of these guys. Yeah, so it, it definitely right. And then a guy like Alcantara who's one thirty yeah. is just kind of yeah. mind mind boggling. But yeah, five war five point two. Yeah, th- there's tons to like about um, Gonsolin as a pitcher. I think he's a great pitcher. I just don't think. Uh, for me, he's in this conversation, um, which, you know, is probably too rough uh, to yep. say. But his left on base percentage is really high. That's going to stabilize. Um, his FIP is way higher than his ERA. Uh, I just think he's going to regress at some point here quite a bit. We'll see how it goes. But um, I guess I really kind of care about some other things besides ERA. And, you know, uh, maybe I'll be wrong. <laughs> maybe he'll be uh, dominant on the whole yep. stretch. But I, I just think that he, I think... Come playoff time, if everybody's healthy, I think that it's still Kershaw and Bueller's rotation. I mm-hmm. still think that they're the one mm-hmm. and the two in some order, depending I, on who's I agree hot. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, I'm still waiting to see if Gonsolin has that, the trend for the last couple of weeks, if he has that dog in him. You know, I don't know if he has that postseason mm-hmm. dog to get the job done. The postseason for him has not been kind. Um, it's not been kind for a lot of, a lot of great pitchers, but he's one guy that's kind of been the short sample size that I think guys usually will get to in the playoffs um alex one name i just wanted to bring up though max freed second in mlb pitching war and i think he's top five in fip so i wanted to make i want to look up FIP because i know it's a, a stat that you like to look at yes um where do you see max freed i know he was on your top five but um what's the uh he's been very impressive mm-hmm. um he is someone who 
I have absolutely no problem him being in that top five. He's not in my top five, but he deserves to be in that consideration. He is fourth in Fangraphs war for pitchers, Mm -hmm. and that is using FIP. So his FIP is very nice, which just means he keeps the ball in the ballpark more than most, and he strikes out. His strikeout and walk ratios are very good. Um, I think free, this is his best season yet. I think that a lot of the underlying numbers have improved since past seasons. Also, 112 innings pitched is higher than most. So... Tons of like about Max Freed. I have no problem with that inclusion, even though he was not on my top five. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think starting pitching goes 10 deep, um, at least, of, of guys that can have a very good case for top five. Um, so we both agreed on McClanahan, Burns, and Alcantara. Yep. Um, those are just guys who it's pretty self-explanatory, in my opinion, especially uh, especially I think McClanahan and Alcantara. Yep. I think there's just like no way you could leave them off. Um, now, based now, on now why why I keep hearing different pronunciations of his last name. Yeah, so I, I, someone said Alcantara, Al, Al, Alcantara. Yeah, Al, so it's I think in Spanish it's pronounced Alcantara, and the emphasis is on the CA in the a good role of the Al, R Alcantara. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I'm definitely not a native Spanish speaker, <laughs> but I did take Spanish three in high school, so I, I believe it's Alcantara. But um, obviously, any white guys is gonna kind of kind of. <laughs> slightly Alcantara. they're gonna slightly yeah. mu- uh, mu- uh, mutate it into something different so uh That's yeah, fine, yeah. I, I, I think the most common thing you hear is alcantara mm-hmm. but um i think that's when the i, I feel some like pe- yeah some people even say alcantara yeah, and i think Al- that that's also, that's also wrong <laughs> i'm pretty sure because in spanish every every vowel needs its own syllable but yeah. anyways i i'm I, a little education right i'm there, trying yeah. to focus on saying his name how i think it's supposed to be said just to uh respect for him i guess yeah, but yeah. but sandy let's call him sandy yeah. but sandy has a nice 1.73 era which is actually tied with mcclanahan's they're both been super dominant mcclanahan the slight leader in fip state of florida but the more innings goes to alcantara so or alcantara <laughs> and uh yeah, I think that overall, um, those guys are locks in my mind. We agree about Burns, too. He's been super special. Yep. Not quite what we're seeing from last year, but honestly, it it could end up being pretty similar down the stretch if he keeps up what he's doing. I think the strikeout percentage, too, is, is you know, tops in the league. Or it's at least nutty. It, it's, it's crazy up there, so he, yeah, he's him. definitely a guy that does not mess around. And so I'll, I'll, let's get into the guys who I guess I included and you did not, and I'll just kind of make a brief case for them mainly cease i'll get into right now mm-hmm. he is someone who i think uh the two four five era is good it's actually oh well, it's very good obviously but it's not quite as good as some other guys mm-hmm. however we're talking about a, an absolutely elite strikeout guy uh i think he leads in strikeouts per nine amongst qualified pitchers that i can see at least he's over 13 strikeouts per nine innings uh which is super dominant um and then just looking at some of his other numbers here uh, the expected ERA, the FIP, and the expected FIP are all below a three. So I really do see him maintaining some sort of level of dominance going forwards. Um, the 92 innings pitched is quite a bit lower than some other guys who could be considered. I mean, it got like Aaron Nola up at 118, yeah. who uh, has had not a great ERA, but I think a really great season outside of that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of who's the last guy you included that I did not. Oh, we we already so, touched on um it it was it was Gonsolin and who and Freed Gonsolin and Freed yeah, yeah yeah so and then so my last guy who I have and you didn't I guess is Carlos Rodon mm-hmm. a two seven ERA for him um and and just mo- like most of my picks a really good expected ERA and a really good FIP um his strikeout numbers also very elite over eleven strikeouts per nine innings 
uh, yeah, I think that Rodon is someone who's going to keep trending well for the Giants. Uh, hitters ball, or sorry, pitchers ballpark might help him a bit, but I do think that just the numbers are great for him. He's he's actually tied with Kevin Gosman for uh, top of MLB in Fangraphs WAR. Hmm. It's really funny that leader in Fangraphs WAR for any pitcher in baseball is Kevin Gosman, who neither of us included. Yep. And it's because yep. the ERA is in the high twos now. It used to be a bit lower, but now it's up at a two eight six. His FIP is still crazy good. It's the only player that I see here below a two yep. on his FIP. Gosman is going to be great down the stretch. Um, I, I truly believe he's trending very well. Um, he also has a really high bat average, batting average on balls in play. So as that number comes down, I think his numbers will improve. But Travis, um, probably good to keep moving on. Let's yep. do a closing pitcher. Closing pitcher, yep. yep. And I, honestly, Alex, we had a guy that I think we've been saying for the last year and a half um but i think someone else has actually entered the conversation i mean let's just put it this way the last month or so people have gotten a hater he they have they have phillies have gotten to him blown a couple saves he phillies had a uh i think they actually destroyed his scoreless streak that was going on but um hater is still of course an elite closer but right now i will say the best closer in the first half in my opinion edwin diaz of the new york mets uh better era than Josh Hader, but one number that I really do like is 73 strikeouts in 36.1 innings pitched. Basically, more than two strikeouts an inning every single time that Edwin Diaz comes in to pitch an inning. Uh, I can't really say much anymore about how elite he's been this season. It's almost like he's going back to his 2018 self when he pitched for the Seattle Mariners, then, of course, got traded to New York. But Edwin Diaz this season so far, Alex, has been uh remarkable yeah i think that uh we agree i'll just put it that way uh i unfortunately i'm very sad that i wish i could have gone with my guy clay holmes he has mm -hmm. been my guy in That's fantasy true. That's true. i drafted him in our fantasy league travis i was a believer when no one else was uh i drafted him to be my reliever for the holds he's now getting saves of course as chapman was uh injured and then demoted essentially but essentially Edwin Diaz, and if you're looking at closing pitcher, he's been the closer uh, through and through yep. for the uh, for the Mets, of course. Um, he's racking up the saves, but that's not really what impresses no, me, exactly. of course. There's so much other great things going on. The ERA is obviously very good at a 173. But beyond that, I think just like all the advanced numbers are absolutely beautiful. And like you said, the strikeouts are crazy. Over 18 strikeouts per nine innings. Crazy. You're essentially getting two every inning. Uh, every yeah. single inning. Yeah. Uh, but Clay Holmes, I mean, I mean, ERA below a 0.5, but the strikeouts, I think, are just about equal to innings pitch. So you're basically looking at one strikeout per inning. Well, Edwin already has that doubled. So Yeah, and and the the FIP is slightly better on Diaz. Uh the expected ERA better on Holmes. I for me it was really just a Holmes Diaz comparison. I was looking at them two, and I really thought that it could go either way. Yep. The Diaz strikeouts, as well as um, I think that he gets used in some like multi-inning situations that are really. Um, I mean, I saw it. I saw it in person against yep. the Angels. He did get a a, a save in like one point uh, two innings, I think, or yeah, mm -hmm. one and mm -hmm. two thirds innings. Yeah. He had a, they put him in early to get Trout. He struck him out. Struck out Walsh. It was, it was a really big performance so um i think that also those two guys being on like two of the best teams in their respective leagues yep. helps them that much more they're in so many high leverage spots and they really shine brightly but yeah diaz had to be you know the barely barely edged out homes for me uh so we agree on that then 
Um, we can keep moving on, Travis. MVP, uh, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year. We're going to get into that. Definitely, definitely. We can start first with the AL uh, to lead things off. I'll, I'll go first. I mean, we've been talking about him. Aaron Judge, in my opinion, still is the leader of the MVP voting for the American League. Right behind him right now, um, Shohei Otani. Way, I mean, just a ace on the mound. He honestly should be some guy that could be con- getting considered of M- or Cy Young votes for the American League. American League pitching, though, is very, very good. But Shohei Otani has been a stud on the mound and is still picking it up with the bat. Um, so he is second place right now, in my opinion. And then third right now, Alex, I went with Jordan Alvarez. And I'm not big on picking designated hitters for the American League MVP. But just looking at his hitting, it's just completely better than almost everybody else in Major League Baseball. And he is playing some outfit as well. He has not four. He has over a four war in baseball reference. So that, of course, is very, very surprising for a guy that just hits. He's hitting that well. I think you got to give him some respect in that in that he should be getting, you know, top three MVP consideration. But I think it's judges award so far right now. The the, the basically just the, the background, you know, noise with the, how good the team is doing. That's, of course, is really going to help Aaron Judge. And then, of course, all the stats are, you know, pointing in his direction that it is it, it seems like it's his year to do so to win this award. But, of course, don't count out Shohei Otani. Don't count out Mike Trout. Don't count out Jose Ramirez or Devers. There's so many guys that are still, you know, in the chase, in the hunt that I would definitely look to have huge second halves. But Aaron Judge is my number one guy right now. Okay. I agree with pretty much everything you said about Aaron Judge. Okay. I think that everything is pointing his direction. The team record is it going to be a huge boost for him. Um, it the narrative is all going his way. <clears throat> Excuse me. The narrative is going completely his way. You know that I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about I record. Don't I don't care about team performance. I don't care about uh, any of it. Mm-hmm. I just think that baseball. MVP is an individual award, uh, and it's so hard for an individual to really move the needle that much on a team's overall record. For that reason, Travis, I think the MVP right now is Shohei Otani. I don't think it's that close. That's just my opinion. Wow. Okay. I think that what Otani is doing somehow is very different, but equally incredible as mm-hmm. last year. Last year, it was the first half at this point of the season. He was like top two in home runs. Yep. He had like a monster month where he was just like hitting like 350 and like the power numbers were off the charts. That really really hasn't happened this season for him, but the bat has still been better than I think people really talk about. I think mm-hmm. he gets kind of sold short in some regard offensively. Looking at his numbers right now with the bat, um, it's a 256 average, a 342 on base, which is not great, but a 491 slugging. Uh, it really rounds out to be uh, a 132 WRC plus. He's been a really good hitter, and the expected numbers are actually better than uh, the actual production. He hit the ball hard. He's had some bad luck, um, and also just offense is down as a whole this year. So I'm not going to really say a 256 average is is, is a major yeah, problem for yeah. me. But Travis, of course, that's just half the picture. I'd say it's less than half the picture because. I think the bigger story this year is how good he's been pitching. He's been on another level. Uh, Like you said, he will be in some sort of Cy Young consideration. Not saying he's going to land there Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the year, but the numbers have been so good. Striking out uh, over 12 batters per nine innings, a 2-4-4 ERA. And Travis, all the expected numbers, the expected ERA, the FIP, they're all below three as well. He is just on another level pitching. It's not like some sort of like little blip fluke where he's like doing great right now. He's actually also at the highest um, 
average four seam fastball velocity of his career any season this is the season where he's got the most mm -hmm. miles per hour on the heater on average 81 innings pitched already on pace to i think uh surpass last season um where he i think he finished with about 130 ish if i'm not mistaken something like that but uh overall otani um here's another thing because people talk about the yankees record and yep. how good they are as a team and they deserve all that kind of talk and praise but i would argue that otani helps his team win more than aaron judge helps his team win mm -hmm. and yes the angels record is in the very dumps, true very true but if you're tracking the angels right now like we are Every single time Otani is on the bump, the Angels have won the last five or six of his starts. And besides that, you take away those starts, the Angels in that time span have a record down in like below below 25% of their games. It's really embarrassing at how much he has carried the team on his starts when he's on the mound. But he and doesn't then, take BP. Yeah, and then last year, of course, there's all these arguments about... Uh, yeah, I, I think every single year when Otani does his thing, there's going to be an argument for Aguero Jr., a judge, whoever the hot hitter is. A more classic MVP where it's just this guy is a of pure course. hitter and on a good team. Yeah, Of course, and and those guys deserve the consideration, but it's it's not – they shouldn't get, uh, I guess, bonus points yep. just because the guy they're competing against uh, is uh, doing things that are not of this planet. I think that um, uh, what Otani's doing – in terms of value is untouchable right now. I think it's on our planet. And I think that another interesting thought that I had is that war actually undervalues Shoei Otani. He's right now in Fangraph's war. He's, I think, like 0.1 below judge if you if you add his offensive and his pitching wars. But the problem is, think about it like this, Travis. A DH gets an, like a really bad war kicker because mm -hmm. they're not playing any defense at all so their offensive war like their position player war is going to be lower than if they just played left field and played bad defense their war will still be worse because they're not playing any defense at all right but otani is getting that dh like kind of ding but i don't even like pretend like he's not a dh pretend like he's a pitcher who's on their rest days right it's like mm -hmm. Garrett Cole or any pitcher is not getting dinged for the days that they're resting till the next start, right? They're not resting. They're not. They're not like dinged for being on the bench in those days. But Otani's, I guess, dinged for um, being on the bench while he's still providing offense. I, it's just kind of interesting how um, I guess War is flawed in that way. He doesn't know how to handle the fact that this guy. You're right. He's really not. He he's not playing defense because he's resting his pitching. It's not because he's a bad defender, which is different than most DHs, mm -hmm. right? Like Jordan mm -hmm. Alvarez, he deserves all the credit in the world for the season he's having, but the defense is not very good, and that's why he's the DH. Yep. Yep. Otani is the DH because he's resting for his next start, and that is completely different in my mind. Um. So the D. So the the position, the position player war for Otani, in my mind, should be higher than it actually is just because he's getting dinged too hard for not playing defense when, in reality, you don't ding a starting pitcher for not playing defense when they're not pitching. So yeah, and, and, th and, that's my spin on it. And, and I will say, too, every starting pitcher and every pitcher in Major League Baseball still doesn't understand how Otani has enough left in the tank to, A, still DH on the days he pitches, and B, dh the games after he pitches because yeah. you almost ask all of these star studded starting pitchers and they all have to go through these you know okay the next day i need to basically do this as a as a uh you know post game 
exercise, kind of get the arm back to its normal self and then prepare for my next start. I need some rest on some of these days. Shohei's still out there swinging the baseball bat. And so that, and, and, that, that, of course, is a good point. You mentioned that the war does not compute that even if he's sore or tired in his next start, you know, it's unlike any other starting pitcher in the bigs right now. And and like the last three or four starts for him, Travis, oh, over over hundred innings pitched. Like he's like like he's working like a workhorse, um, going seven eight innings because his his team absolutely needs him. We're up by we're up one zero <laughs> yeah. against the Royals, and we need him to go as far as he can. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm going Otani. I'll just round out my two and three. Mm-hmm. Two is clearly Judge. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely. I'm you know it's going to be like last year with Guerrero Junior. Unless something changes in the second half, but if things stay the same. They'd be like Guerrero Jr. where I say, you know, this guy in most years is an MVP, but this year I'm going Otani. Mm-hmm. So Judge is my two, and Yodan, just like you, is my three. Mm-hmm. He has been unreal at the plate. I think he's actually going to keep getting better at the plate. Um, this is not some sort of fluke. He is a monster. He's mashing the ball. Um, and he's on the Astros, who yeah. are, are going to continue to give him, you know, tons of RBI opportunities, all that kind of stuff that the voters like. So 100%. Moving on to National League, Travis. Yep. I'll go first now mm-hmm. after talking about Tony for five minutes. Uh, Manny Machado is my pick, and I think that that is something most people disagree with. Mm-hmm. Goldie is my number two, and my number three is surprisingly Dansby Swanson. Wow. So give me your three and we'll wow, talk. Wow. So we are, again, switching We're one d- and two. Goldschmidt is my NL MVP. Machado is my second place vote getter right now and number three alex i have machado's probably main competition i have nolan arenado at number three for the nl mvp as we go right now it's kind of an interesting take i would say but i think for me very interesting um i really can't ignore the war and i can't ignore someone if they're going to get a nine if they're on pace for a nine war alex i really can't ignore that at all as being a guy who definitely deserves to be somewhere in the top three for the NL MVP as we speak. And I think he's just the captain of that. I shouldn't say the captain of that Cardinals team because his teammate, in my opinion, is number one. So Paul Goldschmidt, I'll start off with there, Alex. We'll start with the the dispute between Goldschmidt and Machado. Um, Tell me why you think uh, Machado is number one. I simply think that Goldschmidt's argument is one-dimensional, and that's fine, but it's just offensive, right? It's all about what he's done at the plate this uh, season he deserves all the credit for how good he's been at the plate i just think it's simply not sustainable i think it's gonna dip and you know that's maybe you could argue well alex we don't care about if it's gonna dip we care about right now mm-hmm. and, and that's that's a fine that's a fine counterpoint i was, but, gonna, I was gonna say that it's so funny yeah. oh really i read your mind huh <laughs> so uh yeah i think goldschmidt at the plate you know the average on base slugging it is absolutely phenomenal i just think that there's been some luck with the balls in play I think that he uh, has been great, but has been, I guess, getting fortunate at the plate. Um, but so is all the guys who are, you know, most of the guys, let's say, who are really high in those, these kind of leaderboards for offense. I think Machado's bat has been one of the best in the National League combined with uh, this glove component and actually better base running than I suspected when I looked in the numbers. He actually has more steals than I thought. And then also, I mean, aren't you surprised? I think he's like seven steals. Like I thought he was like a zero speed kind of guy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I th- that is definitely a clear surprise for me. Um, and then I think you know, I don't care about team record and performance, but I do care about context. Mm-hmm. And I think some context in Machado's conversation is 
He's missed Tatis this first half. He's really done a lot to carry his team in terms of um, being the big guy in the lineup. Someone that can probably be pitched around because without Tatis, there's less depth around you. Whereas I think Goldschmidt is almost like Judge as well, where it's like you're surrounded by so much that, um, you know, what you're doing is great, but maybe a bit easier for you to do what you're doing than much how to do what he's doing. And that might be unfair to Goldschmidt because he's doing, you know, the absolute top percentile of what we would have expected, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. he is, he is, you know, he is, uh, there should be no complaints at all about his yep. performance. Yep. I just think I like Machado's case a bit better. Mm -hmm. Machado does lead all position players in Fangraph's war. The Fangraph's war and the base reference war for, for sorry, for Machado and Arenado are both really close mm -hmm. on both, war versions mm -hmm. fangas war has uh machado above by like 0.2 or 3 and then for base reference war it has Nato up to like point, point 0.2. 0.2 or 3 yep. so um at that point it almost just becomes a wash and you say okay whose skill set do i like more i just personally think machado is a bit underrated and has the less protection on the team mm -hmm. um the team is still performing great so that's my reasoning on machado um talk I'll, to me about um, oh go ahead i was gonna say i'll give you that i'll give you the machado that he basically is carrying this padres team by himself at least this padres lineup um he has led them i think they have 50 wins right now i think they are top I, you know actually around the top four in when you look at overall wins for the national league so i will say that is honestly very impressive considering that everyone saw Tatis on the bench to start the season. They were wondering, okay, if, if Machado's not having the season he's having right now, the Padres are probably looking at a third place team in the NL West, probably not even in a playoff team right now. So I will say that's one thing. He has single-handedly almost saved his team and kept them above water in time for Tatis to come possibly beginning of August to come into this team, hopefully make a big splash. Then he can kind of, I'm not saying take his foot off the gas pedal, but just kind of, you know, get back into his old groove and kind of let maybe Tatis take over the show after that. But I mean, Machado has definitely done a insane job. That's why I have him, of course, top two. I just think Goldschmidt leading the NL in average on base slugging and OPS, OPS plus total bases, hits and runs is pretty significant. And I think the offense sure. um, speaks to its own. Also, baseball reference war. He leads all of MLB with a 4.7. So he, of course, I just saw all the numbers and just thought to myself, I, I don't know how you can't give this guy the number one spot. Machado, of course, right behind him. If you asked me after the first month who I thought the MVP was, I think I would definitely have said Machado. I think his average was like 390. He was looking at like a George Brett chasing down a 390 uh, record that hadn't, you know, hadn't been done by a third baseman in, you know, over 40 years or so. But um, Goldschmidt, Machado, I think that's at least one thing we can definitely agree on. 1A, 1B, they are the top two guys in the NL right now, the corner infielders. Um, I guess for me, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, 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 I too did not expect Arenado to even be in my top three. I just think looking at the war fashion and the aspect of it, I go back to even like 2019, Alex, when Marcus Simeon got top three in war and it, it didn't seem, it didn't seem almost right. But then you looked at, you know, I'm sorry, he got top three in MVP, but when you look at the war, and I think he was up there with Mike Trout as a top yeah, war getter, right. something like that. The American so, League was probably top three. I guess when, for me, I guess when I'm kind of just stuck in between guys, uh, uh, war is a great, I think, stat to just kind of look at, and it can be a really easy decision because you can just say, and based off that, okay, defense, offense, base running, it computes it all into one simple number, and you could just say, okay, which number is bigger? 
and that's kind of how you can go about it. So I think that's why I I, I, I chose Arenado. I definitely think Goldschmidt, Machado are way above Arenado in the number three we, spot. I think you can agree too. The number three spot in the NL MVP is a step down, down a lot. Yeah, so I I agree that it's a it feels like right now a two horse race. Um, it still feels like other people can jump up to their level because I can promise like. Bets. I, I I was about to say yeah I, I was, <laughs> Mookie Betts certainly if he has a strong second half can can climb up the conversation. Yep, yep. I think that and even, even a guy like even Acuna I mean absolutely Braves are on a tear Acuna could lead that team to the division and finish the second half with twenty something home runs. Definitely can see him having like a Harper kind of season. Absolutely I I think that also um this is not really a, a kind of a bold take I yep. think it's probably an expected take but uh right now Paul Goldschmidt. The numbers are great. Like you said, the average on-base slugging is leading all this stuff. Mm -hmm. His batting average on balls in play is almost 400. That just tells me that when he's hitting the ball in fair territory, he's just it's just landing more than Other what it, what is sustainable. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to come down. Uh, it's kind of a simple fact of the matter. But I will also say that Dansby Swanson is in the same exact boat. Um, the batting average on play is really high. It's just kind of a good indicator that, you know... Um, some things are just going to naturally balance out. And over the course of the season, I think Goldschmidt, we're going to see, obviously, it's not really a bold take, but a decline in the average, a decline in the on-base, and a decline in the slugging. Um, it's very possible he still wins this award uh, if the Cardinals stay good and if he continues to be their best hitter um, and putting up these kind of war numbers. But I think a guy like Machado, and even like you said, Arenado, I think those are examples of guys who, even if the bat uh has a bad month or something like that like the the value provided with the glove and playing third base is going to be more than a first baseman mm -hmm. who the glove is you know so so very true very so true. um that's just one more component i guess that i'm going to lean away from first base if possible but i still think goldschmidt you know i i don't want to harp on him because he deserves all the credit for how much uh, he's mashing the ball right now but definitely and, and, and one name i'll even point out there too i was definitely considering him to be in the top three but you know Sandy Alcantara, I mean, you can see his ERA even dipping a little even more. He, he could be down at a 1-6 and leading MLB in innings pitched, leading MLB in batters faced, all these all these stats that he's basically a workhorse with a great ERA. And I can just see voters looking at that and saying, wow, we have never seen a guy this low, you know, lower than a than a than a 19 than a 2000 Pedro Martinez ERA and what he's been able to do so far this season, also leading in complete games. Um, very interesting stat that, uh, you know, I, I've just been seeing with Alcantara is all those components that I just announced. And, you know, voters could very much like to see that. Of course, the team success is not going to be a very, you know, appealing stat that like the, like the Vogators like to look at, but I can definitely see him being down there at, you know, number three in an MVP finalist kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, I we haven't seen a pitcher in a while, but I, you know, you could definitely see something like that. Yeah. And like, I, hmm. And for me personally, I am very okay with pitchers getting it, mm -hmm. getting top three and stuff like that. But record years, in my opinion. I, I, I just think that what Burns did last year, he had such a crazy year. Yeah. The innings pitched, I guess, were not amazing. But uh, for him not to be like super, super high on the NL MVP like leaderboard, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be hard. For, I'll just say this. It'll be hard for a pitcher. They will have to, like you said, be leading in ERA as well as innings pitched. Like, like Alcantara definitely could end up doing that. I think it's probably unlikely, but but we'll get to uh, 
the Scion candidates in just a moment mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we'll move on to them right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, actually, real quick, I didn't even say anything about Dansby, and I put him as third. So just a quick <laughs> a quick thing on him. He's just having a better season than I think anyone thought. Mm -hmm. 14 homers, 14 stolen bases, like I mentioned earlier. The offense will come down from what it's doing right now. But overall, the power has been really solid. Um, he's got a 133 WRC+, plus, so he's been a well above average hitter. He's playing really, really good defense for a shortstop uh on a team that has come out of nowhere as a real threat um they really caught up to the mets a lot faster than i think anyone really predicted um and he is top he's like top what is he like top four in uh nl fangraphs war mm -hmm. for position players so or for any player so i think that for that reason he got my spot i get the Nato pick um i think swanson uh what he's done for the Braves has been really special because um, he stepped up in a way I think that no one really thought uh, he would. So I like Dansby's season mm -hmm. so far a lot. Uh, I would be surprised if he end up, ends up top three end of the year, but um, he's earned it so far in my book at mm -hmm. least. Mm -hmm. Moving on to Cy Young now, Travis. We'll go American League first. I'll start us off. Mm -hmm. I think just like deciding the, the starting pitchers, the rotation that we did uh, you know a few minutes ago, this also... So many guys could make the top three here, but uh, some tough cuts had to be made. And AL, my first, you know, my Cy Young is going to be Shane McClanahan. Mm -hmm. My runner-up and my number three are going to be Dylan Cease and Gosman. Okay. Yeah. Probably surprising to see Cease that high, but give me your three and then we'll talk. And it's not. Um, I, I agree, number one, Shane McClanahan. I think he's a clear favorite right now. Oops, a little audio error. Travis's second pick in this category is Justin Verlander. Back to you, Travis. He's just right now at a 2.00 ERA. Next start could determine if he's going to be above or below a two. So we'll see about that. So he's my number two uh, vote getter right now for the AL side. And the number three, Alex, I actually went with Alex Manoa um, of the Toronto Blue Jays. I think right now he is one of the top. I think he's top three in the AL when it comes to pitching war. He has a 3.0. And also the ERA is better, of course, than Gosman, than Dylan Cease. Not by a lot for Cease. Um, and uh, and I, I think the whip is a little bit lower than Cease as well. But both pitchers, very, very comparable, I would say, when you want to see, uh, you know, what the vote getters are going to get like. Um, and I, I, mean, I, I hate to do it as well. I I, I don't want to look at team success and all that fashion. I just feel like Cease this year and, the, and just the White Sox story has just been kind of a uh, almost like a depressing fashion, even though the Blue Jays are trending in not a good I was about to right say, now, I, could, I could throw it back at you with it, You can throw it back at me, at me, but they're still a playoff team. But of course, I just don't see... Cease, of course, should be getting a lot of respect towards Cy Young votes, but um, I just see Manoa right now kind of taking control of that, of that rotation. Gosman, of course, like you said, is still pitching at a very high level, but I think Manoa right now might be there. there if, if they were to be in a playoff series right now, Manoa might go game one, but... Um, that's my three right now, Alex. I think the biggest thing we can agree on is Shane McClanahan is number one, and it's pretty significant. So we agree about that. We agree that McClanahan really has this locked up uh, for first half Cy Young Award winner for American League, the 1.73 ERA, and then just the great uh, advanced stats, the great strikeout numbers. Um, absolutely has broken out for sure. Uh, we do disagree about something you just said. Yep. I do think that Gosman is substantially, I guess, at least I'll just say a step above Manoa. And, you know, that's up for debate, certainly. 
I just think that uh, Gosman right now, uh, the two eight six ERA is not as good as Manoa at, still a, at a two three good. four. Yeah, um, but still very good. Uh, has the superior strikeout numbers. Uh, has the superior FIP numbers that some of the advanced stats favor Gosman. Um, Gosman's also had some bad luck with balls in play. I think there's a lot to kind of say that Gosman's going to have, uh, I guess, a monster. He's going he's to trend well going forward. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. He's going to trend well. Uh, he leads all pitchers in fan graphs for at this point. So I'm riding with Gosman in my third spot for that reason. And, and I really want to know what is the difference between fan graphs and base runs for pitching. Because um, so, Manoa has a three and Gosman has a 1.6. You're looking at someone that's already doubled Gosman in war on baseball reference. So and I, then... I, I, that's honestly something that's I it, it's it's kind of so I I know concern, yeah. I know a little bit about it because uh, on on Fangraphs Gosman is at three point seven Fangraphs WAR and then Manoa's down at two point one mm-hmm. so the difference is baseball reference calculates WAR using uh, runs allowed per nine innings mm-hmm. so it's like ERA except for the even the errors still come back to hurt you mm-hmm. so it's just the way that they decided that they are gonna uh, decide how good a pitcher is so it uses run, uh, runs allowed per nine. Whereas Fangraphs uses FIP. And so FIP is just a stat that is looks at home runs, strikeouts, and walks. So just stuff a pitcher can control. We're going to ignore the balls that drop in the gaps. The good, you can get good luck or bad luck with those. And the defense could be good or bad on that given day. We're going to focus on what the pitcher can control, which is strikeouts, walks, and keeping the ball in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, avoiding homers. So... For that reason, I do trust Fangraphs War a bit more, but it is really up for debate. I'm sure some people uh, who, you know, are very smart like Base Reference War. So, uh, you know, I think that— and I know for positionals, it's all about defense. I know, I know that's one aspect the, of it. The, the defense is definitely factored differently. Um, I usually I usually just tend to agree with Fangraphs War a bit more when I see the leaderboards. I'm like, that kind of makes more sense. It kind of started in 2019, Travis. I remember uh, 2019, the Baseball Reference War— at, at one point had like Chapman, Matt Chapman and Marcus Simeon oh, yeah, with more yeah. than Trout. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I went to Fangraphs and Trout was higher. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And like, <laughs> so uh, maybe there's a bit of bias involved in how I decide to handle my, uh, my, the sites that I prefer, but I do am a big fan of Fangraphs war. Either way, Gosman Manoa, both certainly deserve consideration. I were mocking with Gosman. I guess I'll do a quick, a uh, small bit on Cease. Uh, no, nah, I, I think I already made enough of a claim for he, Cease. He, he, I think he leads all pitchers in Ks per nine. So he I, throws I, gas, all right? <laughs> and, and the ERA is good. Uh, all the advanced numbers are good. Um, I think he's a young up-and-coming star, and I think he's going to keep getting better. So we'll see kind of how his trajectory kind of continues going forward. Um, I have no comment on Verlander, really. Verlander's had a really good ERA. I think that he is going to reg- regress a little bit more than a guy like Cease. I think like if I had to say who's um, who has pitched better, I would lean Cease. But even though Verlander's had the better results by ERA mm-hmm. for sure, there's there's no debating that. So, but very small. I mean, only a point four five difference between Cease. And yeah, in Verlander. a matter of a couple months. Um, I, I think that that's the big thing about ERA too is like if you're gonna compare a couple month sample size, like you know we're at three months here or whatever. Yep. ERA can change. By like you know one start and like oh, yeah. and like one I, there was like a there's like sc- all these scoring changes happening Travis I see on Twitter and like someone tweeted their day like Mike Trout had like uh, a like a chopper to Jeremy Pena and it got changed from an error to a hit 
like and this like the game was like over a week ago and yeah. they're changing it now yeah and like it affects trout's batting average and it affects the pitcher's era if trout scores or not so the fact that like these kind of scoring changes can affect an era in such a small sample size yeah. to me it kind of says i'm gonna try to look past the era but yeah. cease strikeout numbers are absolutely incredible yeah. Um, see, see, his strikeout numbers are incredible. Also, one thing I, I, he throws, I mean, he throws gas. One thing too, I think, um, leads MLB actually in walks. Okay. Um, and that's, and that was one thing I did notice. His Wild whip, thing, baby. His whip is, uh, I, exactly. His, his whip is a 1.228. Um, and of course, looking at Manoa, when I was doing my comparisons, I think Manoa is of course below a one. So cease does have some control issues, but throwing gas and when he's on, and we've seen him like on some of those games, Alex, I think he was against the Angels this year. Um, we couldn't even, you know, we couldn't even figure him out by the seventh inning. You know, it, he was just in control in some of those games. But um, and probably get some get get some tough defense from AJ Pollock. And uh, now that Eloy's back, you probably, you know, I'm sure you're has right. A field day with those corner outfielders. Even, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, even Tim Anderson, you know, the list yeah. goes on. Yeah. Of yeah. Some troubles he might run into. But, Josh Harrison, everybody, yeah. But uh, moving on to NL. Uh, Travis, NL Cy Young mm -hmm. picks. I'll just go first again. Might as well. You may be surprised again. <laughs> I think you're going to be <laughs> surprised again. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're going to say, number one, but my, there has to be one answer, right? National League Cy Young, as of right this second, yep. is Carlos Rodon. <sighs> number two is going to be Sandy Alcantara, and number three is going to be Corbin Burns for me. Go ahead and give me your top three. So number three is Corbin Burns for me. So we got that right. So Corbin is a top three. Um Number one, I have Sandy, and number two, I have Gonsolin. So again, Gonsolin is a uh, is a guy that you know. Yeah, I already, already kind of said my piece yeah, on him. Yeah, I know you said your piece. I, I guess for I, I, you know, Rodon is a guy that you know, I a hundred percent agree. Not making the All Star team is a complete and utter mistake. Don't know what people see in that. He is an All Star one hundred and fifty percent. He is also a guy that should get a lot of Cy Young votes. At the moment right now, Alex, I think I'm just completely sold. Sandy Alcantara is 100% my Cy Young winner for the National League. Um, every stat that I look at, I just, I love. So I, I, I that, that's that's my piece with him. And then Gonsolin, I think you just, for me, I, I there's a bit of an aspect. I got to give some guys some respect for what he's done in the first half. Gonsolin so far, um, I know innings pitch are a little bit low, but I have to respect what he's done so far at the ERA um and i know that the dodgers offense i mean wins should not matter for a dodgers team because you know if you go out there and only allow two runs you should probably win every single game with that dodgers offense so the wins probably are not a factor for gonsolin but just the era and how good he's pitched i think almost what a i'm sorry that was tyler anderson but almost a no hitter against the angels but um right yeah. gonsolin has just been um incredible gonsolin so did shut out he shut down the angels early when, when they when they met he but, did yes. um I guess I'll say my piece on the Sandy Alcan Alcantara thing. Um, his ERA is really, really good. And his war is really good. His too. war yeah. is really good, both on baseball reference and on fan graphs. His advanced numbers are very good. I just think they're not quite as good as Carlos Rodon's. Uh, but it is very close. It is very close uh, for me. I know for you, it's obviously not mm -hmm. very close. But for me, it's very close. The FIP is uh, a bit of a gap in favor of Rodon. The Fangraphs war is just 0.1 better. And when you went, Charles, when your war is 0.1 better, yeah. it really doesn't mean that much yeah. at all. Um, Alcantara has the innings pitched advantage. Rodon has a very strong advantage in strikeouts per nine. I'm talking about over 11 for him, whereas Alcantara is below eight. 
below eight Ks per nine is uh, pretty low for a Cy Young contender. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been more of the contact management kind of guy, which is kind of interesting because he does throw heat. So it is oh, kind of yeah. interesting that he doesn't get the strikeouts. Two seamers going 101, yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting that despite that, um, but playing in a juggernaut division. You think so? NL East is pretty good. Oh, plays the Nats a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, uh, and we're talking about 18 games, yeah, so yeah. I have to go see who those 18 games are yeah. against um, because, you know, some pitchers get, you know, lucky. I mean, I'm talking about Rodon is a guy who has to go play the Dodgers and has to go pitch in Coors sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there, there's different ways you can slice things. But uh, I think that, you know, from a, a lack of strikeouts perspective. He gets, uh, he, he gets the base help, you know. He gets the uh, at sea levels help too, you know. Yeah, he just threw a complete game. I'll give him some slack. <laughs> uh, uh, both these guys actually have the capability to yeah. really kind of take a full nine, nine innings and just, you know, tell the team. Yeah. <laughs> to tell the bullpen take a day off. Yeah, exactly. But but uh, I'll just say this. I think based on the lack of strikeouts from Alcantara and the FIP is very good, but it's just not as good as Rodon, as well as not as good as some other guys. Like even like Freed's is a bit better, mm-hmm. uh, Wheeler's is better, Nola's is uh, a bit better as well. No, Nola's actually a bit worse. But yeah, I think uh, based on Alcantara's advanced stats, I suspect that he, I just think the one point seven three ERA is, is just not remotely sustainable. I think that he has a chance to win the ERA title. In the National League, I think Gonsolin has like almost no chance. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Um, I think that just advanced stats are a better way to kind of uh, say where this guy's ERA might end up. And I just think that Alcantara's is going to rise uh, probably more so than Rodon's might. But, you know, Travis, in a given season, sometimes it's just someone's year and maybe Alcantara just outperforms some of the advanced stats and the innings pitch just maybe will dwarf everybody else. So he definitely could still win this award. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to write him off. I just think that some of the numbers I'm seeing, uh, I just like how Rodon has been so efficient with the strikeouts. The innings pitched are still very solid at 100 and not absolutely lights out like Alcantara's 130 innings pitched. But I like Rodon's case right now. I admit that most people will disagree and most people would um, not even consider Rodon. They probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't even come to mind. Mm -hmm. But um, based on the numbers that I care about, I really am big on Rodon. I think not only he's my first half Cy Young, he has a good chance to be the Cy Young at the end of the year if he keeps it up. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. That's, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong on that aspect because we're just talking about first half and, um, what he's done so far is, you know, definitely if I had to make five, you know, he's probably on my top five right now, but, um, we and, shall and, see. And, and, and like I said, I, I will agree with you too. I'm not 100% sold on Gonsolin. I guess right now I just have to give some sort of respect for what he's been doing so far. This um, is not how Sayang is picked, but just anyways, I'm going to ask you, and I, I already know the answer. Uh-huh. If, you if you were in a wild card game tomorrow and you could pick who your pitcher would be, you get to pick Rodon or Gonsolin. I know who you're going to pick. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably pick. I'll, I'll probably go Rodon. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's not that's not what signing is all about. No, it's exactly. about how good it's you've a, been over the, a season. The full season. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want to say that that is the end all be all. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to illustrate that. Well, it's kind of like, know, would you rather have you know, it's it's kind of like you ask the whole Kershaw question, which you know, right? Do you want I, Kershaw I, going I would, to be a big game? It's I, like, I would prefer I Kershaw yeah. or Bueller over Gonsolin. Yeah, and yeah. that just kind of tells me that. Um, and I, that can be based off eye test. Or that could also be based off the advanced stats. Mm-hmm. It's just definitely not based on the ERA, which yeah. I think that the ERA 
is kind of used as the end all be all stat for pitchers more often than it should be. I think yeah. it just yeah. people should kind of view it as more of a uh, it's just one number yeah. of the yeah. equation. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. Th- that's my thought on that. We can keep moving on to rookie of the year now, Travis. American League goes first. I'll just go ahead and start. Mm-hmm. I think right now it has to be Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of debate. Second up for me is also going to be Jeremy Pena. I don't think there's much of a debate that he's second. And then third is kind of tough. I went with Adley Rushman. That could be debated, but give me your top three. Um, was a little lazy on this. I just put one, Alex. I just put Julio. Um, oh, okay. I, I thought he's really honestly just so ahead of the group. Even though Pena started off the season red hot and he was the rookie of the year. Absolutely. Um, Julio has definitely caught fire and it looks like it's really just his award to lose. Um, he's number one. If I had made number two, I definitely would agree with you. Pena is number two and number three. Probably you have to go with a guy like Adley, but there's so many guys that could possibly step up. Um, Bobby Witt. There's, there's, there's guys in that mix. Bobby Witt, I think, honestly, could have. Um, I, I saw a stat that he could be the first rookie in, I, I don't know how long, but he could be the first rookie to um, to have a 2020 season where 20 oh, stone wow. bases, 20 home runs. So very nice so Julio far could do that too. You're right. Julio could literally go up there and say, I'll do you one better. I'll go 30-30, you know, something yeah. like that. So Julio, I think, is just a clear favorite to win this award. Um, the team is trending in such a good direction. Julio is literally leading that charge. Um, so he definitely has to be the AL Rookie of the Year. It's just funny, man. I mean, honestly, we saw Adley. We saw Spencer Torkelson. We saw, you know, even Julio and then Bobby Witt. And it was this big four um, to to basically take home this Rookie of the Year. And if you had a bet, you probably would say those are the four, you know, top four vote getters at the end of the season. Give some respect to Jeremy Pena. I mean, what he has done, he basically was telling everybody. Totally. You know, what about me? And just basically taking the role of Carlos Correa and, you know, the most, having the most, a better season than Carlos Correa. The so. most unexpected of the bunch was definitely Jeremy Pena. And I do think if he stayed completely healthy with yep. the games played, he would still be in the mix with Julio. He'd probably be still second, but he'd be in the mix at least. He missed a couple weeks, uh, you know, this definitely. last, like last month or something. He did. he did. And because of that, Julio has really put some space between him and 100%. the pack. 100%. Uh, not much to talk about uh, beyond what you said because we pretty much totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, National League. I think is also actually it's a bit trickier it is it is i went with i i, <laughs> I still don't feel great about it yeah it, 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 there, there's a lot of season to play out where the al you feel comfortable with the nl is there's a lot of season to play out you just don't know so i don't feel great about it but i went with spencer strider okay he's gonna be my national league Cy Young right now rookie. uh yeah yeah uh yeah still qualified rookie mm-hmm. um He's actually done a bit of bullpen as well as starting pitching. Yeah. So an interesting case with him. But his 2.6 ERA and the strikeout numbers are out, they're off the wall. It's almost at a 14 strikeouts per nine. Some of that's out of the pen, so that kind of helps your numbers. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a tricky one. Okay. And there's still some time to go. But he was my first pick. My second pick is Michael Harris. Yep. Uh the second. And my third pick yeah. is going to be uh, O'Neill Cruz, mm-hmm. who is pretty new on the scene, not been here that long, much like my Rushman pick. Yeah. Both of my third picks are guys who I think haven't been here that long in the Good big stock, leagues. Good stock, could, could really rise. Exactly, exactly my thoughts. So yeah. go ahead and give me your top three. Yeah, and we're, or your, or your we're right on point, Alex. Spencer Strider is number one, Michael Harris the second is number two, and O'Neill is number three. Okay, um, I, I I completely feel comfortable with that. I feel like every year 
someone in one league has to be a pitcher to win rookie of the year. And Spencer Strider has been off to a really good start so far, helping that, um, helping that Braves rotation just honestly get better and better. Um, I saw something actually a couple of days ago. It looks like Mike Soroka, he got hit in the knee in a, um, mm. in a, it might've might been just a practice sim simulation game, got hit in the knee and had a pretty bad bone bruise in the knee. So he has been shut down for the rest of the season. Jeez. And it just, it, it feels bad because at, when, when, when he left, I think it was 2020 when he left, he had that Achilles tear. And I think he honestly ruptured it again or something happened to another Achilles injury um, last season. It just feels like he is such a bona fide ace when we saw him pitch that it just sucks to have a guy of this much talent keep on battling the injury bug. But the Braves just continue to find more and more guys to get the job done. Morton's getting better. Kyle Wright has been a huge surprise. He's had a good first half. We didn't mention him, but I think the first month, Alex, he was our pitcher of the year probably so far for what he was doing. But Spencer Strider is another guy for the Braves. They just keep, keep on finding all these young guys to get the job done. They traded, you know, we saw them trade um, Christian Pache to the Oakland A's. He was their big prospect outfielder. I think they just traded Drew Waters, who's another prospect, their outfielder. But they got a guy named Michael Harris II who comes in and has a huge impact so far for that outfield. And it's just, it, it just seems like the Braves team is so young, so fun, and just continues to get so much contribute, um, you know, contributions contributions from the prospects and the minor leaders that come through the system um, you're, you're it's pretty crazy you're exactly right it is crazy that our top two picks are from the same team um michael harris the second kind of an interesting stat line um the batting average the on base are both so very solid for a rookie the slugging is actually very nice at a 510 um only a 3.1 percent of his plate appearances does he walk Wow. A three point one walk percentage, and just for some context, that is like some of the bottom of the league yeah. stuff. Um, he likes to swing the bat. He likes to swing the bat. He's up there swinging away, um, but overall, he's almost in a two Fangraphs WAR in just uh, forty two games. Yeah. Player, it looks like yeah. so. That's crazy. Ha hats off to him, uh, Travis. You mentioned the Pache trade and the Drew Waters trade. I saw a nice tweet from Mike Petriello, mm -hmm. uh, who's with MLB Network and all that. I think that he said it well when he said on a tweet the braves know what they're doing when it comes to evaluating these uh, outfielders yeah. and it's it's very interesting i think that christian pache gets traded to the a's he has been a really really weak bat yeah. the bat has not come around at the big league level remotely he was one of the top prospects in their system he yeah. might have been the number one if i'm not mistaken yeah. Yeah. but they had some sort of evaluation where yeah. they said we are going to part ways with this guy for Matt Olson as part of that deal, and we're okay with it. And the fact that they had Michael Harris sitting here, who has already been better in the bigs in just in just 42 games versus Pache the whole season. Or whole career. Whole career. <laughs> yeah. uh, tells me that they really know what they're doing with their outfielder evaluations. And Travis, the fact that they just parted ways with Drew Waters, who was one of the – I think he was their top outfield prospect. Yeah. Um, now that Harris graduated, um, their top outfield prospect goes to the Royals for as well as someone else, another another prospect for the 35th overall pick in like next year's draft or whatever. That tells me that they're not very high on Drew Waters. It's mm -hmm. probably another Pache situation where they say, you know, we're willing to part ways with this guy while his stock is high in our system versus trying him out not being super impressed they already also have acuna and then now now harris so yeah that field is already kind of filling up in a way so um I, I it's very interesting that they're just down to part ways with 
a top outfield prospect for just a pick, which I don't know. I trust the Braves analysis because they've proven to be a pretty smart organization the last few seasons. They made some smart deals. They somehow get guys to take discounts to stick around. They kind of know what they're doing. There's some sort of devil magic in the works down in Atlanta. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm that. I just want to get that thought, yeah. that, that thought out there in case someone saw that trade and didn't really know what to think about it. Yeah. I am personally of the mindset the Braves know what they're doing when it comes to deciding who they're going to keep around and who they're going to let go in a trade. So yeah. that's my thought. Yeah, and and they are a team that. Ha- it looks like they have they have a little bit more money than it got in a team like Tampa Bay, where you know right. they have the same mindset where they they can develop really good players. I mean, everyone on their you know World Series team last year was almost you know homegrown. You had I, I guess Swanson wasn't really homegrown, but he was traded as a minor leaguer. And Albie's Acuna Acuna of course wasn't playing, but then you got Freeman and a couple other guys, Austin Riley, that were huge yeah. contributors. It's the still starting Braves, rotation. It's yeah. still Braves development at the end of the day. Those, it is. They, those guys are developed through the system. It is in some regards. It so. is. It is. And they might be a team now where if a team asked to uh, if they be if they're if they're going to be trading away some prospects to you, you might be saying to yourself, uh, you know, never I'm not mind. Gonna, I'm it's kind of like it. Tampa and uh, was it Isaac I, I, Isaac Paredes? Yeah, someone going off. Someone posted the stats today on Twitter of like Isaac Isaac Paredes and uh, Austin Meadows. It was well. There's that, but then yeah. it, it was just showing the guys who the Rays brought in. Um, and how good their numbers have been OPS wise. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. Like they'll just bring in some average, some guys that appear like they're average Joes and like their numbers are just going to be off the charts with the race. And then they'll probably leave and end up like having a, this big decline in their numbers. Yeah. But, yeah. um, just, just to get that exactly right of what I was saying, it was, uh, Yandy Diaz is the 146 OPS plus and Harold Ramirez is a 144 OPS plus plus. And Isaac Paredes has the 144 OPS plus. So it's just crazy that those guys are absolutely mashing. And someone said, if the Rays call, just hang up because they're gonna turn <laughs> they're gonna turn your guy who's getting paid the minimum into a superstar. superstar. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we kind of synced up on that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Travis, moving on here, that wraps up our awards yep. for this whole first half uh, breakdown. This whole first half section. Um, I know we wanted to get into a quick power rankings discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll just give our own. We're not going to worry about the MLBs or, or yep. how do you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. We just give our own real quickly and kind of go over them. I, I'm pretty sure we'll be pretty on sync with with uh, probably the top five, and then of course you know the bottom five. I think might the get bo- a little. I think it's going to be messy in the bottom it, five. It, it could be a little messy, but I, I, I can I can see teams that you like and teams that you don't like already. But you know, St- start us off. Yeah. So number uh, I'll do six down or uh, ten down to six. So number ten, Alex, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. Number nine, the Philadelphia Phillies. Number eight, Minnesota Twins. Seven, Boston Red Sox. And six, San Diego Padres. Okay, actually, a lot of similar teams in the mix. So my 10 is going to be Minnesota Twins. My nine, Boston Red Sox. My eight, St. Louis Cardinals. My seven, Philadelphia Phillies. My six, San Diego Padres. Wow, okay, so same five. Uh, Padres, we have the same positioning. Everyone else is kind of mixed up. Totally understand that. It just kind of depends on what you see as uh you know their strength in record their strength in run differential all that kind of stuff i would say those six teams or those those bottom four teams have been uh they've they've had really interesting first halves phillies and red sox started out awful have really climbed back into it become really good powerhouse teams twins have really never let go since the start of the season we were just kind of waiting for that drop but they really have not let up on the gas pedal they are still first place in the central cardinals just seem like they are always flirting with that, you know, 
number one uh, or first place seed in the NL Central. Them and the Brewers, of course, are fighting back and forth for that spot. Um, but, you know, I still think the Cardinals are a very good, complete team. So many guys like, uh, is it, I think it's Brandon Donovan, uh, Juan Yepes, uh, you know. The list goes on there. There's so many young guys that are doing such a great job contributing for that Cardinals team. And, of course, you can't forget T.O. Albert. He is one of Home the Home run best. derby bound. <laughs> Home run derby bound. And uh, that that will be a fun episode we'll cover next week. That'll be an interesting uh, night in L.A. But let's cover now the top five, Alex. I'll go again. I'll start first. Number five, I have the Atlanta Braves. Number four, I have the New York Mets. Number three, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two, Houston Astros. And number one, I have the New York Yankees. Uh, give me your top five. Almost identical. Mm -hmm. Five, Atlanta. Four, the Mets. Three is Houston. Okay. Two is Dodgers. One is the New York Yankees. Almost identical. Travis, I think that one thing that's been pretty common is I like to rate the Dodgers high because I just yeah. believe in what they do. They've had injuries so far. They've had some guys who've performed maybe not as well as they wanted, but some guys have performed much better than expected. A mm -hmm. guy like Tyler Anderson, um, guy like Lux actually uh, having a better year than years past. Uh, but Travis, I think that a one interesting stat that I saw on Twitter really made me think the Dodgers might be sneaky this year mm -hmm. and sneaky well, is a, every year right? sneaky is yeah. a weird word because they're like in both of our top threes yeah. but i saw somebody rating them like maybe four or five and that's just that's I, not right i, I yeah. think that they are still a juggernaut like they always are yep and we're probably getting a little bored of it uh we're just we're just so used to seeing them <laughs> yeah. be towards the top so we might uh, criticize more than we should you know exactly props for yeah exactly so this is the stat that i saw on twitter by tweeted by foolish baseball these are the best team ERA pluses since integration. So since, you know, uh, the 40s we're talking about. Wow. And we're talking about um, ERA plus, 100s average, you want to be higher than 100. Yeah, yeah. The top three ever, Travis, first is the 2020 Dodgers. Short season, so yeah, yeah. whatever. Number two is the 2022 Dodgers at a 142 ERA plus as a team. Wow. Number three is the 2021 Dodgers. Wow. So the last three years, Juggernaut. Dodgers pitching yeah. have, have been absolutely unstoppable in terms of rotation and bullpen being deep, yep. being locked down. They have figured it out uh, in a lot of ways in terms of the pitching, and we know the bats are always going to be around. They yep. uh, bring in talent every year. Interesting that you know pitching always results into sex, successful teams. Uh, well, you would argue that they never they never, won, never won a real ring. So, Well, I mean, yeah. You're, they, you're in a bit of a pickle well, now. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, that, that's that's one thing that the postseason is a different animal. Um, it, it You got to kind of compute everything all together. There, I mean, Alex, every year, 162 Dodgers are going to be a top three team in baseball. One thing I will mention, I know you had Astros um, lower than the Dodgers. Alex, I think Astros have played the Yankees four or five times and i think they might be three and two against them should be four and one against them i guess they they lost on a walk-off one game with aaron judge walking off i think in the first game of the series at yankee stadium they did no hit the yankees so they've pretty much they they've dominated the new york yankees who's number one on our list the astros have absolutely dominated the new york mets who they've played already i think four times this season i think they went three and one against the new york mets those are just two teams i just know they're in our top four Astros have just completely taken care of business with them. That's one reason why I keep Astros at number two against the Dodgers. Dodgers have been 
a complete juggernaut. They have been, I, I, they have fell to a couple teams where they had some sloppy play. I think one series that I always go back to, I think they got swept by the the Pittsburgh Pirates. And yeah. that was, of course, a little bit sloppy. I'm not going to blame them for one stupid series in the whole entire season, but I just see the Astros as a complete full team. Everything is clicking. The starting pitching, I mean, Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Luis, you know, Luis Garcia, and, you know, even Urquidy. It's like just guys that you just don't really know about, but they're just having insane seasons. I think Christian Javier has a 2-7 ERA, and it's just like, you know, as an as an Angels fan and a fan of the AL West, it's like, can you give me a break? And then you got Verlander who's just pitching his life out and honestly is up there with Cy Young votes and possibly could have one of his best ERA seasons of his career. And it's just like, I mean, are you are you truly kidding me? And also the bullpen, how good the bullpen is. But I mean, that's a good stat you mentioned too with the Dodgers. The ERA plus is, I mean, it, it's it's pretty nuts. It, 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 you're right. It is pretty crazy when you look at that and you look at this the the the, the, the rotations that they've put together. I mean, last year they had a seat. They they basically had first half of Bauer and a second half of Scherzer. So that of course just tells you right there how good that rotation and, was last year. And then you have Kershaw doing his thing, Urias, exactly. Bueller getting Cy Young's exactly. consideration. Exactly. So, but yeah, you were praising the Astros for a bit there and I just want to be on the record. I am not going to say anything bad about the Astros because they're such a good team. Yep. We're playing them right now. The Angels are losing 2-1. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. We'll, we'll get them. We'll get them, I believe. Yep. But yeah, the Astros are such a juggernaut. I will not... Uh, have any disputes with you having them second mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. are a beast team. Um, the Yeah, the bats are crazy. I think Alvarez and Tucker are two of the best hitters in baseball. Um, Altuve's doing great. Altuve's <laughs> having, uh, you know, this kind of this kind of late late career, like, power surge. The average is not, like, he's no longer a batting title contender like yep. he was in his MVP years, but the power is kind of swinging around. Um, and, yeah, the team is deep, obviously deep. Pena, when everyone's healthy, Pena, Bregman, you know, it's very stacked. So with that being said, that kind of wraps up the power rankings portion of the podcast, Travis. Um, what should we cover next? I trying to I guess remember. go quickly into the, um, the, you know, one of the biggest news of the last week was the World Baseball Classic is coming back. Right. Um, it's been, I think, about a five or six year hiatus with COVID. That really was the one, you know, major causing it being kind of you know delayed and all that so really exciting to see that happen alex i know we've been waiting i think the last world baseball classic the usa took it against i think it was either it might have been either netherlands or actually it might have been puerto rico or, or puerto, one of those latin countries but it was, it was such rico. an exciting world baseball classics um to have usa come on top um and you know now of course another shot to uh, defend their title and 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 kind of get another shot to uh to play some of this top international talent and now of course you know the main eyes are on what are these rosters going to look like i know it's already been posted a dream usa roster a dream dominican republic venezuela puerto rico roster even japan imagine if shohei goes back and just becomes a one-man wrecking crew with japan with all those japanese players that no one even knows about but they still some- somehow come into the world baseball classic and always rake it seems like it seems oh, like oh yeah japan, i mean the, the i mean the japanese league is legit you know they're, exactly they're, their superstars do come here usually but um you know they're professional in their own right exactly um Travis, i do have i do have some of the the fan-made rosters yep, on my yep. phone here. And me and you had a little bit of a dispute on one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so we'll get into that in just a second. Um. So I'll, I'm gonna outline. I think I think everyone who is following closely probably agrees that like the two, like 
if you made every single country, here's yep. your best case scenario roster. Netherlands. I think almost every no. Why do you keep saying Netherlands? <laughs> what are you talking about? You got Bogarts. You got <laughs> no. I think that everyone will be leaning Dominican Republic or USA. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna break down the two teams just really briefly. The ideal Dominican Republic team, if they were to field all the superstars, which Travis, we know that guys will opt out. Yeah. I think even I think we'll get to this in a second, but I think more USA guys will opt of out course. than other countries. They just want to take some of the time to do their routines as they prepare for spring training and all that kind of stuff. Completely in, understand instead that of too. Yeah. doing this. Yeah. But but Travis, the Dominican Republic team, this is how it could shape up if yeah. everybody's on board. Catcher could be Gary Sanchez. Bum. Huh? Bum. Good player, good hitter. Good hitter, 2017, second half, yeah. 2022, baby. You're thinking about Yankees. This is a new man. All right. Anyways, yeah. first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's pretty good. Second base, we're going to slide Jose Ramirez <laughs> into the utility role, second baseman. That could work, maybe. Shortstop, Wander Franco. Uh, may have heard of him. Third he's, base, he's hurt. Yeah. Manny Machado. Yeah, this is going to be like in six months. Third base. Manny's American, but he plays for the Dominican, which I respect. But it, it's it, it's pretty crazy that he can go. You know, huh? Manny is American, but he's but pretty, Manny Machado. He can do. I know, I know, but I think about? he's I think he's born and raised in Florida. So, but I'm just saying, it's just kind of funny that you know he still can play for that team. But yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, who knows? His parents buy from there. It's fine. Yeah, what yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, that's not how it works. Stating the facts where he's from. Charles Char- Char- just tries to like keep any, anyone born in America. You have to play here. <laughs> Anyways. So Machado will be third baseman. I think that's an unreal infield, obviously. Outfield, it may even get crazier. You have Juan Soto. They're going to put on this team in Tatis in the outfield because there's too much infield depth. Mm-hmm. And Julio Rodriguez, Travis, who has completely broken out, you know, seven, eight months from now, who knows how good he'll be. Yep. The bench, there's a handful of names. Teoscar Hernandez, Starling Marte, Polanco, Nelson Cruz, Catal Marte, Eloy Jimenez, Willie Adames. The list goes on. Yeah. Starting pitching... Sandy Alcantara, I think you like him quite a bit. He's I think you're pretty, well. you're pretty yeah, high on him. Fembro Valdez, he himself has a pretty impressive ERA this yep. season. Freddy Peralta, Luis Severino, Luis Castillo, uh, even Frankie Montas, who they have in the bullpen here, Camilo Doval, Emmanuel Classe, <laughs> Christian Avier. I like he's in the bullpen. They're just like, I mean, yeah. Because there's too many starting pitchers. No, I pitchers. know. There's too many starting. Like, they just like, the, you're going to the bullpen. The yeah. depth is crazy. So th- that's the Dominican team. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of some of those guys. It's a yeah. pretty good team. Now I'll get into the USA team, Travis, which has so many names that everybody should be familiar with. Of course. Catcher, they have his real Muto. You could go some different ways. I like but Will Smith. I like Will Smith too, personally, yeah. but there's a lot of ways you can slice it. I like Stassi. Uh, good framing, you know. They'll probably get Tatis and a couple of guys, you know. I also like up. Stassi, but uh, real Muto is the catcher uh-huh. on this team, on this mock-up. They have Goldschmidt playing first, which I think Stud. I mean, a year ago, right there, right? A year ago, everyone would be saying Freeman yeah. or Olsen. Yeah. But right now, they're saying Goldschmidt, which, mm-hmm. you know, fair enough. Second base, they have Trey Turner sliding over. Okay. Shortstop, they have Tim Anderson. Third base, they go Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. And the outfield is the big three that everyone probably would expect. Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. Um, you ain't not beaten that, man. You are just, that is just. Oh man, that is just that's that's taking it to it right there. Think so? Any pitching staff of any country is is gonna have to face that and good luck. Travis, I'll tell you, this is where I think they actually win. No, of course. And you're gonna give me the, the main point of it. And that's no, why I just said no, pitching no, no, no. wins championships. No, but no, no, go ahead and give that to me. I was gonna go bench, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bench is actually so stacked for USA. Kyle Tucker, mm-hmm. Byron Buxton, Pete Alonso, those three there are mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. 
Alex Bregman, good infield utility guy. Yeah, shortstop third base. Ed, Edmund, more utility, yeah. pinch runner. Adley Rushman, backup catcher. He's actually a great pick if he continues to develop. Switch hitting catcher That's to come off true. the bench. Very true. Probably a good defender. Um, the pitching staff, Travis, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of old. It, it, is, old, it is kind of yeah, old. We'll yeah, see how they do old. against the youngsters over yeah. in the we'll get Spencer Dominican Republic. <laughs> uh, so for rotation, we're talking about Jacob deGrom, mm-hmm. Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. So it's really just like the guys who you've heard about for the years last and decade, years now. Yeah, yeah. And then the bullpen, talking about guys like Hayter, Devin Williams. They put Kershaw in the bullpen. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever come Why would you want him coming out of the bullpen when you've seen 2019 and that – you would dumpster fire. You would yeah. just start him and then go someone else in the bullpen. But but um <laughs> why would you do that? You want to lose the game? The 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 bullpen, they go also have McClanahan, who actually I could see him going crazy in a relief role. Uh Wheeler, Musgrove. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of American pitchers, yeah. it's so deep. Yeah. Now the conversation becomes where me and Travis had a little bit of a dispute of which team is better. Mm-hmm. I lean Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Travis pretty clearly is Stakes's flag in USA. Um, and I see why Travis pitching wins championships, you know. Okay, you keep saying that. Like, I know. It, it's about you look at the pitching and then who's going to be hitting off of them. I think that the USA team looks super stacked. I think it looks kind of old. I think it looks like well, you know. Doesn't get it done. Trout and Betts and Judge are phenomenal. I think that the youth of Tatis, Soto, and Rodriguez could be, you know. As long as they get hot at the right time, I think that they could be just as productive. And, um, you know, I was actually surprised to see, looking at the schedule that's already out there, mm-hmm. they play all the games in such a short a short stretch. So it's really about who's playing well at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just think some of the upside from some of these guys in the Dominican Republic, like, yes, you know, Guerrero Jr. might be having a down year or whatever. Um, but if you just had one week, of baseball and you're talking about Goldschmidt versus Guerrero, it's either way, right? And I would actually lean Guerrero. Like mm-hmm. I would lean the guy who's having the worst season, but I think it's probably the better true hitter, right? Like who's going to be the better hitter next year if you had to predict? Mm-hmm. You'd probably predict Guerrero because I think Guerrero has like this true talent right now going forwards. It's probably a bit better than Goldschmidt. So even though some of the numbers might favor a U.S. guy this season or the last couple seasons, I think if we're talking about like a week of games – I want that best upside possible. And this Dominican Republic team, if any of these guys got hot, like a, a, a Jose Ramirez, a Tatis, a Soto, a J-Rod, like these guys could completely just take over a week of baseball. And the rotation is so good. It's not the same Hall of Fame names of the USA, but I still think it is equally um, upside. Like Luis Castillo is like their five or four guy. It's like that's... That's, I mean, he's like the hottest commodity in the MLB right now mm-hmm. in terms of the trade market for starting pitching. He, I think, at his absolute peak when he's performing, is as good as any pitcher. Like, it's all about who is going to be showing up in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the names I see in the Dominican team. And so, I'm riding with Julio Urias and Alejandro Kirk for Team Mexico. You're going to be Team Mexico, huh? You're, you're gonna- no, I mean, Team Mexico always have a, a, a good fight because I feel like they kind of they get the... I feel like they kind of get the leftovers of all the good, you know, Central America teams like Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic. But, you know, it, it, I think USA has to play, what is it, Canada, Mexico, and then uh, Israel? Is- something, something like that. Israel or something like that. Yeah. I, I remember one year, I think Anthony Rizzo was the only guy on Team Italy, and it's just like, poor guy. I think I heard he's repping them again. Okay. 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 Or yeah, maybe I think yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah. But, 
But make a quick case for USA and why you like them so much in yeah, comparison I mean, to other teams. There, there are. I would definitely make some switches so far from this season. I mean, you wouldn't really want Garrett Cole, I don't think, right now on the roster. Uh, or not on the roster, but just in a starting spot. I think McClanahan would definitely be a better fit in the starting rotation. I just see... I just see the starting rotation and I see the relievers and I I just think that that USA team is just so locked down. And if you just have a smart manager, you can use so many guys in so many crafty ways that it's just like, I I mean, I I don't see Dominican Republic or any nation kind of getting a hit off these guys that are just so nasty. Imagine you have like, if you put like Clay Holmes on the roster as well, Alex, or, you know, there's so many other guys that you could potentially slide in to a, a, you know, a, a reliever spot but just you know sure the the starting rotation i'm still 100 sold Degrom is still one of the best starting pitchers if not the best when he's healthy in major league baseball um i think scherzer is still a guy that can get the job done against anybody um and i'm still you know i, I i'm really liking what these young guys are doing um you know even looking at a guy like even max freed or even um shane mcclanahan coming up and you know playing in a game like this but i just think that the pitching staff is better and in my opinion, that's what's going to win the ball game. And um, the offense, I think you can slightly tick. Dominican Republic is slightly better, in my opinion. But I still, of course, uh, think USA can still, you know, shock it and you know put together a couple, you know, a couple great games of offensive onslaught. It's so hard they to say because on, on paper, you know, of course, we, we can we can debate about this all day. On paper, it's it's tough to say because. It's on paper, you know. And Jay, you're absolutely right because this is all on paper. I think in actuality, Travis, it's not going to be close because I think a lot of the USA guys are not going to be in the team. No, Trout will not be playing. Um, I don't think Betts will play. All the rotation guys you just said, like even if the Grom and Scherzer were both somehow healthy, it's like they won't probably won't be there. Like, um, even if one of them decided to, maybe it's like who's to say they will be healthy? Like, I think I think the names. If you're looking at just like how good is this guy's name and like his legacy, USA destroys. Yep. The, in, in this in this comparison between the two but i think in terms of like who's actually going to be there who's going to be healthy who's young and like ready to go and like is going to handle like that quick stretch of stretch of games yep. i think the dominican team is more likely to do that and it's more likely that those dominican guys are are going to be playing you know i, I feel like like I said, they are more I, likely to opt in I, yeah. I, I i i told you i think a week ago I, I just feel like more guys in other nations have more of a pride to play for their team than i think a lot of usa guys i mean we'd love to have a, a dream team usa roster it'd be it'd be great to have but i feel like a lot of guys are saying to themselves you know and i really rather just focus on my team success uh, that i'm playing for it and so you, you see a lot of guys that you wish you could see play for them you know and they they, they, they want to actually go out there and play for their team so it, it's, or, it's, their their major league roster it's crazy because like it's not it's like in, in soccer the world cup is viewed in a way where like it's an this honor. is and like this is everything like, yeah this if, is everything if, if my team is a competitor i'm gonna do everything i can to help us win yeah so this is not this, it's not the same vibe but if like Shoyo Otani cared about this more than anything, like how many games could he pitch of the teams? Like, yeah. you know, eight games or whatever it is. Like how many of those games could he just like win by himself by pitching and hitting? Like, like it, that's the kind of stuff that'd be so much fun to see. But yeah. um, unfortunately, it, 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 yeah. it's just not a priority because the way injuries happen to pitchers in baseball, it's like, you don't want to opt into this, uh, you know, have something mess up right before the season starts. Because the thing is, it's happening all in March, right? It's like, yeah, you early get, March. You yeah. get hurt right before the season; it is going to be a, a big, or, a or big, you know, you're 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 throwing eight innings every start for your for your you know nation's team, and it's just like, buddy, we're we're only throwing you two innings in these spring training starts, but you're already like 
full full length going right now like ready for october baseball which could hurt you in right. july and august down the stretch um and i think a lot of these guys after this next season's up if they want to play they have to start preparing in november december to start playing in actual you know meaningful games as early as march and it'd be cool to see all the mlb stars show up but it probably won't happen so we'll see probably how it not, goes no. in march uh I'm, I'm not sure when those rosters will get like released and finalized but it'll be fun and yep. i think at the very least, the same way the last USA team looked, where it was a lot of like, um, some like some veterans, but then a lot of like younger up and coming guys. Yep. Um, I think that a USA team, uh, based on those guys that fit that criteria right now, it could still be pretty fun. I'm not sure what kind of guys would opt in. I know that like for the like there was an Olympic team or something where like Joe Adele was in it. Like they they're going for prospects. Yeah, at the prospect time. team USA. Yeah. So yep. I, I wonder how exactly they'll approach the uh then we ain't winning the if, if it's world baseball be, classic if, team if we're doing that approach for world baseball classic then you don't believe in uh i do but i just don't believe them right now and i if they if you said that that dominican republic team is playing a prospect team then he's, he, he's gonna strike they're gonna you think batting uh, practice you think castillo's gonna strike out torkelson <laughs> i think he'll uh i think i'll give him the golden sombrero practically but we'll um, see that'll be good yeah it'll be fun and we'll be looking forward to it and as we learn more about those rosters and all that, we'll be bringing that info straight to you guys. But, uh, Travis, I think we should just save some of the Shohei stuff we planned yeah. uh, for the next episode because yeah. we're running at two hours right now. So yep. we'll give the listeners uh, a break and yep. we'll get to that on our next episode. But next week, guys, we have a couple things planned. We're going to have an episode after the Home Run Derby because uh, that's always going to be an exciting day in MLB. Uh, Pujols just announced, I think today or yesterday, that he will be competing. Should be fun. Oh, yep. Alonzo announced uh, as well. Yep. Um, Schwarber announced as well. So a lot of fun names. It's going to be uh, a blast. So yep. we're going to cover that after that happens. Get some Alonzo going for the three-peat. So we'll see if he can do that in L.A. The three-peat. The three-peat. The three-peat Alonzo. That's right. That's Hey, that's good right that's there. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. I'm not, too, I, bad. I'm not too bad, am I? But I just, you know, I just don't know how, how you can't see T.O. Albert you know, he if, if you get lefty, lefty thrower in there, I, mean, I, I, I think he's hitting fifty. I'm so curious about. I think he's how sweating much power more he, than hitting home runs. But, so. but but the thing is, like Pete is so strong, oh, yeah. and that's why he yeah. muscles them all out. Yeah. But like Albert, I feel like his home runs in like the big leagues at this age is all about using the pitcher's velocity to help oh, yeah. get it out. Oh, he yeah. still has power because he can hit like second deck sometimes yeah. or like yeah. hit these lasers. But I'm just saying, like, how much power is he going to be able to generate after like? five minutes you know for a guy who's throwing bullpen not yeah. mlb yeah. level velocity so in, interested to see how he will perform of course it's going to be the big story i'm sure but we will have all that for you guys next week more all-star talk next week and then you know kind of do a bit of a a bit of a, a second half preview next week as well so any uh any early favorites you like for the home run derby like who you got your uh, if you had to get your money on someone I mean, Pete is the easy pick, but yep. I'm just going to lean Schwarber. I think okay. that's same me. Same with me. Okay. It's it's almost like Alonzo where this guy is so strong and yep. he makes it look so effortless when he yep. does get a hold of one. He, I think Schwarber could just golf him out. He's not he going he's like, he's to get tired. He has a very simple and relaxed approach, and I think that's kind of like Pete where it just seems like the ball just kind of just pops off the bat, and I think he could just you know let him soar into the, uh, into the right field bleachers. And I feel like Albert – He'll give you these major league pop-ups where you have to wait for the next pitch and 10 seconds has already gone by when the sure. next pitch can be thrown. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking more about, you know, okay, I got to catch up to this guy or something like that, where, you know, it, it, it's, it's more of a, you know, 
it's your retirement tour. It's, you know, go out there and have fun, not ruling anything out. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hundred percent surprised if, you know, Pujols were to just, you know, kind of shock and go to like a second round or something like that. But, um, Schwarber, in my opinion, I think is a guy that would be the best challenger for Alonzo. It'll be interesting to though, to see the, to see the seating, how, um, you know, who faces Alonzo first, who has to face guys. Like, I think, um, I is think it, is it, see, isn't it? Is it off home runs? Say it again. Is it seeded off home run total at it, that point? The last. So Pools will have to be last. Pools will have to be last. So, you know, it, it, it should be him Schwarber. against uh, Schwarber or, if, you know, I don't know if judges said anything about it, but. I don't think so. Um, Stan said he would be willing to. So if he got. Asked, and that'd be, be fun. fun. I'd love to see Stanton in that as well. Um, he should have because he got picked for. An, yeah. He should thank the fans for making him an all-star starter. So that is very true. That's that that, that is very true. And I mean, one one thing is I know fans are getting on Mike Trout because they're saying, you know. He never does it. You, you never do it. And this is your time care. to be, you know, in front of the world. And it's, it, you know, for me, it's like, you know what? That dude's got other goals and other, you know, things to worry about than winning Armour Derby. It's kind of like the slam dunk, even though I feel like slam dunk could be a little bit more of a, you know, I think like what LeBron's ever done it. Right. And people always criticize that. Kobe but and Jordan won it. Taco LeBron can't do it, Travis. That's, that's cute. I mean, that's fun. Good good for you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, home run derbies are kind of the same thing. I mean, there, there are some guys that have won it that, you know, you're kind of just like, I've never seen you, you know, hit more than 40 home runs in a season. Sure. But, you know, there are some legends that won it, but, you know, it's it's definitely a fun event. And uh, I love I love the time limit. I love that whole thing where you can kind of get time into baseball because, you know, with baseball now, there's really no time limit. It's it's uh, it's fun to see guys just kind of keep on swinging for the fences. Only have four minutes. You get, you know, like bonus balls for if they go over 475 feet or something like that. But um, interesting to see if someone can get it out of Dodger Stadium. I know mcguire and i think maybe even stanton did it a couple of years ago but. I, I, I just realized i think the one guy who they could add that would make me get off my swabber pick would be your don that'd be oh, so yeah. much fun if they yeah. got your don in there but i think he's hurt right you're right he won't yeah. be competing yeah. that's yeah. your i can even see a guy like even you'll be fun to see like jose ramirez um i think he could even put on a show yeah, absolutely he yeah. could yeah. yeah he is he has the raw pop um i mean yeah we could we could we could rattle yeah. off tons of guys yeah. um soto will be in it He'll ha- I think he, he did is. he did pretty well last year. I think he was and, the one that uh, beat Shohei. Right. And then Acuna's in it, who's yeah. like the raw power is also yeah. crazy yeah. with him. So it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. Um but yeah, Travis, we will cover that in depth after it happens next week. Um but yeah, if you guys made it this far, two hours and counting, we thank you so much. Uh first episode back, but we're gonna be back on schedule now. Every single week, you know how it goes. Uh check out the YouTube, check out the Instagram, the Twitter. You guys already know the drill, I think. But if you made it this far, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>